So you wanna you wanna start us off, or you want me to? Um. <laughs> That's always the awkward part. It's just it like, is. So who's gonna in, who's gonna who's gonna introduce the podcast? Today? Hey guys, welcome to Sip It and Rip It. That's uh, Zach and Nathan back at it again. Back at it again with another steaming hot episode <laughs> of Sip It and Rip It. Steaming hot, ste- shit. <laughs> steaming hot like our drinks because we've been well, my, all of my ice is gone now. So yeah, it melted fast. Yeah, it fast. It did. It's like we, uh, we're going pretty ba- basic today. We're just mm-hmm. doing old uh, and drink. We're doing whiskey and cola. Yeah, mine's Dr Pepper and his is cherry vanilla Coke Zero. A lot of words for a drink. For a drink, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It is what it is. I, um, this is my first day back drinking because uh, I attempted and failed seventy five more <laughs> this week. So uh, we'll be restarting tomorrow. So hopefully the next. 10 podcasts I'll be sober for. That's sad. Sipping and rip it started. It meant something. I'm still going to drink water. I can make virgin, I can make virgin cocktails yeah, like a I guess that will, pussy. That's what we'll, we'll, yours will just have to be virgin and we'll just have to point it out every single time until you're out of, out of 75 hours. Is that going to be all the way through your prep until like after meat day? I'm or? probably just going to go ahead and do every all 75 days, but um, this isn't a bad thing to talk about to be honest with you, but Basically, what happened is I'm the heaviest body weight I've I've been, and I'm having issues with blood pressure and yeah. bullshit like that again. And uh, I will tell you, um, you know, you, you're supposed to do two workouts a day, forty at least forty five minutes um, in time and length. One of them has to be outside. So for the outside one, I opted into cardio. Mm-hmm. I walked in the. For the record, I failed over progress pictures, which is right. the dumbest shit ever to fail over. Well, but I just for, you're supposed to take a progress picture every day. Forgot uh, to before I went to bed and woke up. App told me I failed. So uh, it is what it is. Um, but uh, I walked Monday and uh, a torrential downpour. <laughs> and then again, Tuesday in yeah. a torrential downpour. Yep. And uh, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It, uh, you know, the first, you know, 10 minutes you're walking in something like that, you're like, this, is, this sucks. Mm-hmm. I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. And then you just eventually just kind of mentally, it just kind of stops being an issue. Right. And that that's, that's for me. Yeah. I mean? That Well, it's for other people too. Cause Mark Bell has talked about that before too. And he was like the first, like the hardest part about running, walking, anything outside is just getting used to the weather. Yeah. And once you get past that, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's the first day I kind of got caught in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I was without a rain jacket. I was just in a t-shirt and hat and, and shoes and uh, everything got soaked. But once it's soaked, it's not, it's not going to get more soaked. Right. Like once it's already <laughs> basically dripping, like, yes. you know, it's, it's once it's wet, it's wet. Right? Yeah. Like, so that was my attitude. Second day, I was a little bit more prepared, wore a rain jacket, uh, pants and shoes still got soaked. But yeah. um, for the most part, I was able to stay pretty warm and toasty. Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised at how cold you get in the sixty-plus degree weather with it when you're when you're wet. Yeah, especially with wind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was able to endure both. Hell, I did everything. I read a whole book this week. I don't. I'm not a big reader. Um, read a book cover to cover. So got all my reading done. Drank a gallon of water every day this week, including today, mm-hmm. despite not participating in it today. Um, plan on starting to go again tomorrow at day one. And sometimes, hey, sometimes you fuck up, and I and I fucked up, and uh, you know the whole. 
name of that game is building discipline. And uh, I probably could have lied and said I did it and mm -hmm. kept continuing. But uh, I just didn't want to do that. Didn't want to let myself. Didn't want to slide. Through. I know it's a ridiculous saying, well, why would you quit doing this over a progress pick? But it's not the 75 hard isn't about the physical aspect of it. It's about whether or not you can stay disciplined and stay focused. And if I failed to do one task as simple as a progress picture may be, that means I got unfocused. I fucked it up. So starting over again today, uh, tomorrow at uh, day one. So, so I'm, I've, I know <clears throat> the gist of 75 hard, but, and you just listed off several things, but yeah. just for everyone listening, what, what are the parameters of 75? You have to follow some type of diet. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm preparing for this powerlifting meet, so I'm not in a calorie deficit. Um, so for me, it was pretty simple. Uh, Vertical diet. With my um, No, it was even no. simpler than that. Um, for me and my binge eating uh, is it, terrible. I did something really simple, and I said, I'm not going to eat any fast food. I can go and sit down at a restaurant if I want to. Do what I want to there, but I'm not doing any fast food, and I'm not doing any added sugar. Okay. That's very, very simple, and because uh, I can't cut too many calories out. Yeah. Um, but that's actually a lot harder for me than, than it sounds, but I did, uh, no added sugar and, uh, so no sweets of any kind, basically. And, uh, obviously that means no sweet tea, soft drinks mm -hmm. with sugar in them, anything like that. Um, snacks are the same, you know, even if they're healthy snacks, like I'm not doing like yogurt and honey or mm -hmm. anything like that. Just staying away from things that make me weak. So, yeah. um, you know, my biggest thing is I can sit and eat 10,000 calories of McDonald's in a single seat sitting. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, you know, not relying on fast food for breakfast or whatever, uh, you know, that's that takes a lot of discipline. And honestly, it helps my – I saved a lot of money this week. Yeah. Probably a couple hundred dollars. It's so, real easy to spend a whole lot of money on fast food. Yeah, especially when you eat like we do. And especially just the prices of everything. I mean, now. yeah. I mean, shit, a combo is $10 now. Yeah. So, and I'm going to eat a combo plus a couple of things. Right. Most of the time. So – you know, it's not uncommon for me to rack up 20 bucks at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's oh, or, easy. or somewhere like that. So, Especially like Chick-fil-A and some of the more expensive places. You spend so much money so fast. But that program, you know, I, uh, I had some guilt about finishing it the first time because truthfully, I didn't finish it. And the only, uh, the only concession I made is the first time I did it, uh, I would do uh, some of my cardio workouts indoors. Mm -hmm. Well, if you do that, you're not really doing 75 hard. Right. So I was like, I don't want to claim that I did this. This is, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start over. I'm going to do it right. And uh, honestly, man, it's just, a, it's just about the power of creating a list. Because what it does do is when you, get in the, when you get in the habit of checking off Andy's list, which is what I needed to tell you about, uh, you have the diet, you have a gallon of water a day, you have two 45-minute workouts a day, um, that including rest days for you strength athletes. Um, but for me on those days, I'm terrible at mobility. It just has to be challenging, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a challenging mobility workout and a cardio workout on my rest days. So right. it's basically active recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely pertinent, absolutely tough, especially for somebody as stiff as I am. Uh, and then my normal powerlifting program and, uh, basically, you know, a brisk walk. It has to be challenging cardio. Like you need to be out of breath, but, mm -hmm. uh, um, you don't have to run or anything like that. You just need to physically challenge yourself. And I'll tell you this. Um, I went and gave blood Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. I had added that 45-minute walk in. Uh, I'm on blood pressure medicine. I had mm -hmm. added that 45-minute uh, walk in for just two days. 
and my blood pressure when I um, had it checked to give blood was like 115 over 80. Well, while that top that bottom number is high a little bit, uh, the bottom uh, the the top number was incredible. Uh, it was like overnight difference, you know, 20 point overnight difference in my blood pressure with no blood pressure meds in me. So uh, says a lot about cardio. Uh, says a lot about less cardio and its ability to help you with your your heart. Um, that's reflected. If you ever get blood work done regularly too, it's reflected in your blood work mm -hmm. with cholesterol. Um, it does a lot of really good things for you. So also being alcohol free, though we're not alcohol free to not, um, super, super good for your blood work. So, yeah. um, but anyway, it's the, uh, two 45 minute workout indoor and outdoor, uh, 10 pages of reading, uh, has to be some type of self-help history, something like that. Basically it has to be nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, trying to think about what else, um, it's a gallon of water a day, the progress pick every day, um, and that's it. Yeah, so I mean, but what you find yourself doing is making a list for everything else that you do that day because you know you got to get all your 75 hard shit done. So mm -hmm. like, you're like, well, at work, I need to do this, 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 and this. Or at home, I need to do this, this, and this, and this, so I have time to do this other list. So mm -hmm. it really makes you, and that's part of the program is it's making you prioritize shit. Right. It's making you be active. Not sit around and be a sorry, a sorry sack and feel sorry for yourself because you just simply don't have the time to do it. Um, and you'd be surprised at how much free time doing both of those things actually grants you because you get everything done so fast. You're actually found myself sitting around twiddling my thumbs a lot this past week. Yeah. But that's just because I got up on time, prioritized shit, got everything I needed to do done often and early and just makes it easy, except for that fucking progress. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing. The one thing. The pro and that's the simple, you know. <laughs> the uh, simplest one of them all. If y'all don't listen to uh, the Real AF podcast with Andy Frisella, you absolutely should. Um, you know, he talks about that all the time. It's always, it's never the big things. Like mm -hmm. when you go into this, you're thinking about the two things that are going to take away most from your time is going to be the reading and that second workout. If you're like us, we're going to do yeah. the first workout. Right. right? It's not, that's not a fucking problem. That's the second workout in the reading. It's like, when the fuck am I gonna have time for 45 more minutes in reading? I already been in the gym two hours a day. Yeah. But um, yeah, he talks about it. It's always a simple shit. But your inattention to detail is exactly what he's trying to fix. Right. So that's the reason why you can't skate by and, and just skip it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that makes sense. Attention to detail, building discipline, learning to make a list. That's the biggest three things. And they're life changing. Mm hmm. So with 75 hard, you said something about an app. So they have an app? Or? Yeah, they have an app. And it's just very simple, simply just a, just a checklist. It keeps up with your days uh, for you. And then it keeps up with your progress photos for you. So so it's really convenient then to get started because you don't yeah. have to think about like, oh, I've got to look at all this stuff. It's just there and you can just like check. Yeah, I would, I would very, very highly recommend listening to his podcast first because... Uh, um, it is incredibly helpful, and Andy's just a really good speaker. Um, but it's episode 208 of the Real AF podcast. Uh, he breaks it all down. He also has a book, um, which I didn't buy, but I listened to enough of him. I kind of get the gist of what's in the book. You know right. what I mean? So, um, but I think if you go into it expecting it to be a diet and fitness plan, you're fucking up. Because <laughs> it's, it's a lot more. It really is a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. It's more of like a, a lifestyle change thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, it's basically, tr he's trying to get you to prioritize the important shit and forget about, well, no offense to this podcast, because we're probably not going to quit it. Uh, I'll, I'll have 
like I said, virgin drinks or water around here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's keeping you from going out and being a drunk on weeknights with your friends, or it's keeping you from, you know, it makes you prioritize real things, tangible right. things that make you as a person better. And then hopefully um, you're being a good, a good influence and it makes other people around you better, right? So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a challenge, but I'm going to get through all 75 days this time. Um, I might have to restart it 47 times. <laughs> it might take me until 2024 to actually complete it, but I'm going to do it. So, And on that day, we'll announce on the podcast, <laughs> you officially completed yeah, 75 absolutely. hours. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's it for me right now. And then uh, it's a rest day for both of us, right? Yeah. I worked out yesterday, but I didn't work out. I worked out yesterday, did not work out today. My days kind of got messed up because I wasn't feeling too good on Thursday or Friday. So I didn't go either of those days. So I only worked out four times instead of five. But I got two uppers and two lowers. So I'm going to call it good. I hear you. Um, so no real updates on, on lifting? No, I mean, I, I mean, I hit my squat, high bar squats yesterday. Um, fast, efficient, super strong. Got in, got out, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Had some lot like maintenance deadlifts, but uh, basically practicing that slack pull and the, the form changes mm-hmm. that, Ron, that Ron's made. But um, pretty much just heavy ass high bars and a handful of deadlifts. So yeah. some accessory work. Now, all I did yesterday was uh, <clears throat> some close grip incline press, which was a very modest weight that I don't feel comfortable sharing right <laughs> now because <laughs> it was... Incline's humbling as fuck anyway. Yeah. I've never done incline and close grip, and it wasn't really... It was just more like exhaustion towards the end because I was doing 10 reps. Yeah. So it wasn't really like a power thing, but I did like feel it like getting harder and harder as I went. So sure. just... just uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Endurance isn't necessarily yeah. there. It's a new movement too. Yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, well, fairly new. It's it's a little different, but right. I, I think my best incline was like 275. Right. I think before I before I cut, but and that was when I was doing incline, and I haven't done incline. Yeah, since. and to be fair though, you did you did shut down incline what probably eight weeks out from the major longer. It would have been at least eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's uh, no I got really good at incline for my my best is. Uh, I think I got a pretty recent video of right before I trained with Ron hitting 275 for three. Still haven't hit three plates on, on incline mm-hmm. for one. Um, I've hit 300 once. Um, everything's a little spicier on incline. Yeah. It, Especially it depends on what, like, uh, range your incline's at. Yeah, so a lot of times, um, I actually, my first coach who I've mentioned on here before, uh, Izzy used to have me do it from a low incline a lot because... One of the benefits of incline for a power lifter is it re you know on incline it has a tendency to fall forward mm-hmm. so you have to drive it back toward the rack so yep. it's building and you hear me cue people on flat bench like that all the time yep. like towards the rack drive it toward the rack drive it toward the rack drive it toward the rack you know it's not a perfectly vertical mm-hmm. press it actually should slightly slightly go slightly backwards right um incline reinforces that a lot so it is Despite what anybody tells you, it's extremely sport specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really good. So I've always kind of gone from a low incline. Uh, where me and you are at now, it's on a fixed incline, and it's it's middle of the road. From, it's not yeah. a steep incline. It's it's pretty middle. I, of the feel, road. I feel like it's I feel like it's good <laughs> enough. Like I yeah. don't I don't feel like I like yeah. I need I wish this was lower or I definitely don't feel like it needs to be higher. Right. Um, but overall, I'm I'm pretty okay with how it sits fixed. I mean. I couldn't tell you exactly what angle it is, but 
I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it might be a forty-five. But it's yeah. probably pretty close to it. Yeah, at least. My, when I do low incline, it's probably a little tighter. Mm-hmm. But uh, but great movement, man. Yeah. And especially in your off season, if you're not a powerlifter doing incline regularly, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you I'm, do, I'm doing that, and a lot of the plate loaded press since we got access to those. That's been freaking killer. My chest gets so sore, like every time I get off of that thing. Yeah, I, it's I, wonderful. I mentioned, uh, you know, we have the plate loaded uh, flat bench press machine. Yeah, I haven't um, used the flat one yet. So apparently, the benefit of it is just a little uh, deeper range of motion in a barbell, more like a dumbbell. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So it's probably a really good muscle builder because you don't have to worry about stabilizing a dumbbell and stuff like yeah. that. But, that's part of, as a powerlifter though, that's part of the appeal of dumbbells. So right, you know, gaining that stability. But you know, just moving weight and breaking the muscle down, probably pretty fucking good option. Yeah, and while I'm in off season, I'm gonna do a whole bunch of this, just working the muscle, breaking down the muscle stuff. Yeah, because I I don't plan on actually doing any strength training for a while. Um, not until I get ready for a meet, which I guess I haven't actually officially said on the podcast that I'm not gonna compete in nationals unfortunately due to lifestyle changes but um other than that uh i'm just gonna focus on getting jacked jacked and juicy it's not uh it's not a problem because it's only gonna make you a better power lifter. that's the hope and you know the good thing about a, a long a long off season is uh you get to spend longer healthier yeah for real i mean i mean you know it's not it's not that i'm necessarily injured right now but i'm starting to get all the old man problems like mm-hmm. my elbows are hurting right, right now it's my elbows from low bar Mm-hmm. And I've I've only had like two or three low bar sessions since I've since I've been back doing low bar. I mean, my elbows are fucking screaming after every squat session, after every press session. Now it's not your hips and knees. Um, my knees are fine. Uh, hips are always cranky, so yeah. I don't know that they're they're ever gonna be. I don't know. Yeah, and I can't fine. really honestly tell you if they're any different. <laughs> I mean, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot better. Hell, right. I don't know because they always hurt. So um, <laughs> it just is what it is. But. Uh, for me, it's like just not being able to squat down. Like when I'm doing heavy squats and deadlifts, it's like I'm always bending over because I cannot squat down when I'm strength training. Yeah. It just hurts. Right. So that that is the, the biggest, and I've said that before, like the experience at work has just been the biggest relief of just doing like primarily hypertrophy training is being able to squat down on the floor again. Right, yeah. But when I get... I, I'm, I don't know. It'll it'll probably be, so this is 2023, so probably be the end of this year or next year before I consider doing another one. And it'll just depend on timing and circumstance completely. Sure. But um, I, when I get to it, I know I'll be like just ready, just like I want to lift some heavy shit. Yeah, I think you're going to be better for it. I hope so. I'm, I'm moving into the same season you're in, and that's a little long off season and stuff. Uh, Got to get this meat out of the way first, but uh, so it'll be the longest training. break I've ever I've ever had with much different goals, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that'll be a that'll be wild because it's going to be like even even what I'm doing. I think you're, it's going to be different than what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, like it's going to be more extreme than what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be, but it's it's also. Nobody in my life, including myself, has ever looked the way I'm going to have to look in October. Yeah. So has ever seen me look the way yeah. I have to look in October. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's exciting. It is to actually be fit. And I was pretty, <laughs> you know, there's a time, you know, was sub two twenty five when I was doing CrossFit. Yeah. But, uh Was not a strong person. Right. 
Yeah. That was before Not I compared had to now. You know what I mean? So, um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, to get that down that low with this much muscle mass on me, I'm hoping that uh, that won't be 215. I figure I'll be 225, 230 on stage. Still but. be fucking massive. <clears throat> I hope so. <laughs> Lean and jacked. So. And- um, Grant seems to think we can do it. So, uh, so hey, he's got the so. experience, so yeah, I'm sure he's, he's going to be able to guide you in the right direction. So, you know, I had the idea I was going to be a smart ass and thought that I could cut a whole bunch of weight on the front end and kind of grow into the show, and it's kind of unavoidable. I've uh, my lack of bodybuilding experience is uh, obvious right now, but uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to have to. Pretty much this year is going to be a series of cuts and bolts and mm-hmm. cuts and bolts, and then one final really really long. Cut. Cut. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to being drug free, actually, too, though. Of course, yeah. I'll be on TRT because it's right. a lifetime thing now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to some decent health markers for a change. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just have to reframe. I'm actually more worried about that than I am March 4th. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm more worried about March 5th than I am about March 4th. No, I completely get it. Uh, March 4th, as long as I do what I'm told between now and then. Whether I meet the goal or not that I've set for myself mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. I'm going to go execute to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about March 4th. March 5th, and knowing I have to pick up and I have to say, hey, everything you just did. <laughs> let's do the reverse. We're still, let's, do the, <laughs> let's do the exact opposite now. So that's going to that's gonna suck. So, But I think, I think when you come to a head and you're at the end of it and you look back, you're just going to be like, it's worth it. I'm going to do so much trend. <laughs> a gram. Let's go. A, a complete gram. Let's fill the it'll entire syringe. It'll probably be a whole, whole lot of, uh, of tests and a whole lot of growth hormone, though, from to try to put it back on in a healthy way. So yeah. I'm going to lean on that growth hormone a lot from November of 23 to, you know, middle of Summer twenty four probably. <laughs> plan on getting a second job to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fortunately, you know, I haven't messed around with that much, very much. So I think I can still do a pretty low, yeah, dose and well, be I mean, pretty effective for me. Ben Pollock is pretty pretty adamant in saying I think it was like about three is ideal unless you're a bodybuilder, and yeah. then it's like he only four goes to five. Up, like he only goes up to eight when he's blasting, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, but I, I, that's I figure, a ton. I figure I would do, I think, what, what did we do, what did I do this last time, like two I used probably? It was probably two or three. So, I mean, that worked fine for yeah. getting body fat off of me and everything. Right. Um, so, I'm probably going to keep it pretty modest until I don't have to anymore, or I until mean, I have to fair. have more. So. Because I, I would, I, I feel um, like with all of, like, all of, all steroids, like, less is more yeah. most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have, you got to have some place to go. Yeah. When you need more, you need to be able to do more. If you're right. already if you're already doing as much as you can afford, like where the fuck are you gonna go? Right? I ain't got the grave because you got cardiac arrest. I, say, <laughs> I don't have liver king money. I, don't, I can't. I can't afford twelve thousand dollars a month of gold top. You know what I mean? You know, Damn. You know, like, uh, <laughs> if I had that much money, God, we need we still need to start a supplement company. <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> I think it's. I think all these things are legal in like Nevada or Arizona or somewhere or New, New Mexico. And I think antibiotics are legal in New Mexico. So hmm. uh, New maybe Mexico. we need to move to New Mexico. Head up there. Let's let's hit up New Mexico. <laughs> uh, we'll have to learn some chemistry first, but 
<laughs> somebody's gonna become the I mean Sandy's good and stuff like that she'd become the Walter White of <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> <of> anabolics <laughs> I am the danger <laughs> could you imagine Sandy saying that fuck yeah that'd be terrifying <laughs> I am the danger she is the danger <laughs> I just never heard her say it <laughs> I, I, I just feel like you're right I'm going this way you do what you gotta do uh, Rush up on your chemistry, honey. <laughs> We're moving to New Mexico, Albuquerque. <laughs> Don't forget to get the, uh, the RV. Got yeah, we'll get a good, we'll get a good lawyer too. <laughs> yeah, we do need. I know a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd be okay with this, but I do know a lawyer. Did he graduate from the School of Law at American Samoa University or wherever? Oh, hell, I don't. I, I, it was probably Alabama. <laughs> it was Alabama University. Uh -huh. Yeah. But we we've we've done a lot of uh, a lot of catching up. Uh, yeah, we have PR songs. PR songs. So, um, a song that I don't. It's I've been listening to these songs. And I'm like these songs are so badass. I don't know how they haven't been listed yet. Um, Lorna Shore, uh, the new EP that, or well, I guess it's not new now, but the EP they put out. Um, what's the second song called? Of the Abyss. Yeah, that's such a fucking good, it is song. A good song. Yeah, and I'm like, surprised we haven't talked about it before. Yeah, and I yeah. was I was thinking about it. I think I heard something off their new record today, and I was like, "Damn, it's like, why did we not talk about them yet?" I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I really don't know how they fell through the cracks. Me either. But but <clears throat> that whole EP is fantastic. From I mean, it's only three songs, but. That's what really, like, I had heard Lorna Shore before that with their previous singer, and it was, like, good. Like, I liked it. Um, but when they put out that new EP with the new singer, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. And then that new record they put out, um, I didn't like it quite as much as the EP, but it was very similar, and it was... It, it yeah, just, I like the EP better. It was just, it felt like a lot, of the, a lot more of the same uh, as far as the EP goes. Which the EP was just like so new and it was like so good. It was. It was. I didn't think they were going to be able to top it anyway. But uh, the whole EP is just fantastic. So I would say. I would say specifically of the Abyss, but the whole EP is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I return to nothingness. Yeah. Rips. That's all. Oh man. Rips. Yep. The whole. Like like I said, the whole, the whole EP. Whole EP is it's, good. It's, it's, it really is. What you got? Um. Our buddy Bathmet Lifter six 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 is in a new band called Concrete Ties. Yep. Um, in my old age, I've gotten to where I like a little hardcore, uh, and that's kind of what they are. Um, but they have a song on the last song on their new EP is called Disobey. It fucking rips. It's a good oh, one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Shout out to him. Supporter friend of ours. Mm -hmm. um, but it's legitimately it's a good EP. It's it's, it's yeah. a great EP, especially if you're into hardcore. So and he's a uh, badass lifter. He is yeah, uh, sixteen ten total on his last meet. Yeah, absolutely. Still yeah. still kicking ass. I saw him squat over four hundred for reps um, yeah. recently. Yeah, same. Just yeah. like yeah, he's a he's a monster. Um, he's uh he's been really nice to us too. Oh yeah, he's, we're friends at a distance. Yeah, because uh, he lives in New York, right? No, it's um. Where is somewhere in the northeast? Right? Where is uh, all that remains originated from? Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. I think I'm pretty sure that's where he said he's from. Massachusetts. Okay. There you go. Um, <clears throat> so if you're in Massachusetts, go check them out. Yeah, <laughs> they've done a little bit of touring of the northeast, so I'm sure you oh, can catch they? them uh, other places too. Yeah. So um, 
That's Hungry good. Tots. And then I always have more than one because I'm, I'm redundant. Oh, I've this. got more too if you're looking. Yeah, you go ahead and give your next um, one. Uh, it's a band that has only two songs on Spotify. Their name's Darkest Depths, and both of their two songs are phenomenal. It's very similar to the Lorna Shore EP, and that's why I really, I'm going with the theme, I guess. Um, they have two songs. One of them's called Alien God, which is really cool. Um, and then the other one, which I like more, I cannot remember the name. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, What's the band name again? The Darkest Depths. Dark, the Darkest Depths. Yeah, and they only have two. I wonder if I have that downloaded. I think I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up the name of that other song because... I just saw them. Gaia. That's right. Gaia. Yeah, I think I do have that downloaded. That is um, good stuff. They are... If if you're into stuff like Warner Shore, you're going to be into that stuff. It's it's a banger. Hell yeah. Um, Made to Please by Spite. Spite's fucking, good. Yeah, yeah. Made to Please is a fucking banger. Um, awesome song. I don't think I have anything else tonight. It's a little short list for me. I don't know if we come with three or four. But, yeah. Um, those have been those were the two that were on my mind this week though. So uh, I actually haven't got to put the Concrete Ties song on a workout playlist yet. So I'll have to report back about about it tomorrow. But I listened to it while I was doing some work, and it was fucking good. I can't wait to work out. Is it on Spotify? Uh, well, I'm, I use Apple Music. Use Apple. I, I use Spotify for the podcast too. So I, I do a little bit of both. But uh, but it's on Apple Music and Spotify. So yeah, definitely I'm, listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, ready to get into the meat of the. The night. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about uh, fitness in Hollywood. It's a, that's an interesting topic. Uh, we, were, we were actually discussing it a little bit before we started. We were kind of like brainstorming, kind of like we didn't really have a plan today. So we were like, oh, what could we talk about? And I had made a list of things to talk about on the podcast one day. And I was like, oh, let me just look at this list. And it was the last thing on the list. But I was like, that could be interesting, right? Could, yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we started, we had like a 20-minute conversation before we before we got back here about it. Right. So we were like, yeah, we should just go ahead and get, roll yeah, up this. Yeah, we can talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm going to start at the very beginning of this because we talked about how we as men, like, always had some, like, huge physical specimen, whether it be in comic books, action movies, something like that, that we looked up to as a kid, even if you didn't want to be involved in fitness or didn't know mm -hmm. that you want to be involved in fitness. There was some animal out there. You love watching all of those movies. And it was like, God, that guy's a badass, right? <laughs> yep. So my question to you is, who is that? I mean, I know you've done Batman, so let's just keep it cinematic for the for the sake of the uh, for the sake of the topic tonight. But who is that cinematic monster for you um, that that made you think, oh God, this guy's a fucking inhuman just monster so it's kind of sad looking back because when i when i like was watching a lot of that as far as cinema goes um the biggest guy at the time that i thought man this guy's this guy's cool as shit was tom hardy as bane and he's really not like that jacked like he's a big guy yeah i think he's but, pretty jacked for and this is a hot take we'll get into it in a minute he's pretty jacked for a modern movie villain that's that's true <laughs> yeah. i mean he was he was heavy and i remember actually reading an interview him talking and he was like mm. he he didn't think he really got big he was like i just got fat for the role and he like he he was shirtless like one or two times and you could kind of tell he was a little a little heavier but he was big yeah he, he looked like a strong man or something yeah, on camera exactly like, you know? yeah and 
I don't know how big I, somebody we didn't look up. I didn't I didn't look up how big uh, Tom Hardy actually is. Um, Which he's a little shorter, so he's probably for that size. He was probably a little probably close to the two hundreds. Uh, probably like either low or high one nineties or low two hundreds is my is my guess. Right. Yeah. Um. Just just by. He's big enough to make Christian Bell in that role look small. Right. Yeah. Which he was probably 190, but he's also tall. So Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so Bane's a good one. Uh, that, that's, I just don't feel like that was that happened in my adulthood, though. Right. So, like, you're, you're a little bit younger than me, yeah. but I was very much an adult by the time that movie came out. He was, he was definitely a monster. But for me, it's old Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies. Yep. Uh, the two that come to mind, specifically, I'm a huge Rocky fan. I feel like every... You know, red-blooded man in America should be a fan of those movies, as bad as some of them are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole saga is fucking awesome. Um, but uh, Sylvester Stallone and the Rocky movies, but uh, the first time I said, God damn, this person's an absolute fucking unit, was Schwarzenegger as Dutch and Predator. I mean, he was... And he was jacked. older by then, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, that's a, that's a movie from my childhood that... He was way more jacked in that movie than he was in either one of the first Terminator movies. Yeah, definitely. He was an absolute fucking unit and predator. <laughs> well, was he ever shirtless in the Terminator movies? Yeah, the, first, the second one, he starts out naked in both movies. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I guess I just don't remember that. But, I may have uh, blocked it out of my memory. You know, that first Terminator movie, he was, he was pretty big, but he was probably only like four or five years removed from his last Olympia title when he did right. that. So, but... He he looks so large mm -hmm. as Dutch on Predator. Yeah, and Carl Weathers in that movie too. Uh, for for the record, <laughs> also fucking yoked in all the Rocky movies. Yeah, um, just the, both of those were just they they were they were monsters. Jesse Ventura in that movie is a monster too. Uh, but Schwarzenegger, man, uh, and I just, we just looked it up. He was six foot two and two hundred and forty pounds. He was so he was not a small. I'm imagining he was what five percent body fat, yeah, he, if that. Probably, yeah. I but mean, he is, uh, you know, he was a short NFL tight end, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like he was, he was an absolute monster. Like, like so, he's uh, not a small person. Yeah, for and sure. That's, uh, but I just remember thinking, God, if I, where do they? How do you? How do you do like that? that? How do yeah. you do that? Like, I just, <laughs> And I, and I just thought he was the fucking coolest thing ever. And like a, like a lot of little kids, you know, I, I obsessed over Schwarzenegger movies mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I didn't know Schwarzenegger Mr. Olympia. I knew Schwarzenegger as Conan and yeah. the T-100 and uh, and as Dutch. <laughs> you know and that's, I mean? that's so. interesting because you think about like actors like The Rock. You know, a lot of people don't know him as the WWE wrestler or even further back, the uh, Canadian football star, <laughs> yeah. The Rock. Or the, the Miami Hurricanes yeah. defensive event in college before then. Yeah. I remember all those things. Let me tell you something. He's way more yoked now than he was as, oh, right, yeah. as early on in his wrestling days. Yeah. Which, I mean, you can look at a side-by-side -side and you can see, like, this is, like, he went, <laughs> I think somebody made the joke as, like, a meme. It was, like, the pebble and the rock. <laughs> yeah, because absolutely. he is just so much bigger in his uh, old and leaner. age. Like, and leaner. Yeah, like, he was a little... He was a little chunky um, when he was a first, little softer, like, like of, not not like unathletic, but like you could tell, like you can tell a big difference, yeah, in uh, in huge the body fat percentage. Oh, absolutely, he was a little, definitely a little softer young, uh, earlier in his career for sure. Um, but that's fair too when you think about like. 
the financial difference of now and then. Like, yeah, absolutely. Especially first starting for, for out. Yeah, in wrestling, he was like, you know, he was, he was doing good for himself for sure. But he wasn't like but a billionaire. He is now. now yeah, you know? <laughs> he's like the number one male actor. Well, I guess actor is male. But, you know, he's the number one highest paid actor in Hollywood. And plays the same character in every movie. <laughs> Which, but you know, let's be honest, all these action stars did. I mean, yeah. like, Schwarzenegger as Dutch and Schwarzenegger as the Terminator is only a few lines removed from being the same character. And some cool ass shades. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And some sunglasses and a leather jacket. But, uh, I mean... And let's not forget um, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I try to forget about Mr. Freeze, which that was, I think we can uh, both agree that's the worst in the entire history of Batman. Yeah, that, the worst that was... That was. You know, I loved it when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. When I saw it as a kid, I was like, look at all these neon lights. This is cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's a good segue into into what we, and especially into my hot takes about Hollywood and fitness now. Mm -hmm. Um, Fucking Clooney wasn't fucking ripped as Bruce Wayne. (laughs) God, no. You know, Clooney was just George Clooney in every movie and put on a. Bat suit that had some padding and some nipples on it. I will, and, was, and uh, there is only one defense I have, and I don't have any others of George Clooney as Batman. There was a scene with him and Alfred in that movie that was really good. I can't remember anything about it other than they were talking and it was emotional, yeah. but it was like that felt like Bruce Wayne and Alfred having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Everything else about that movie is god awful, but that one scene was like. Okay, that's that's a good scene. We're both big Batman fans, and I uh, I, I rated Christian Bale as my my first favorite Batman, and uh, Michael Keaton was my second. Mm. But for the sake of a fitness podcast, I don't think Michael Keaton has a has an <laughs> argument in this in this. Does he? Like, he, I mean, he's probably like, I mean, he looked like a nineteen eighties early nineties billionaire playboy in the first two movies, but he wasn't like Jack. No, and really, even I remember watching the first Christopher Nolan Batman, Batman Begins, and thinking that Christian Bale was Huge. very muscular. Now that I'm in the gym all the time, I'm like skinny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, but I, mean, I mean, like, but really though, like that is the difference between like fitness influencers and you know like bodybuilders in Hollywood because it's not the same. And, it's like, not. you see people, and, and you have the biggest problem with Chris Hemsworth as Thor, you know. Too uh, skinny. Really, they, they, they mask that in movies. Because, you know, they put emphasis on your arms and, like, being chiseled and you're gonna stuff. Have, you're going to have abs, you're going to have shoulder caps, you're going to have biceps. And that is, like, the important things because that's what you look at. Yeah. Now, and I didn't even think about it until we talked about it just a minute ago. And I looked and I was like, wow, his waist is really small and his back is not very big. Yeah, he's, like, he's, not, he's not a broad dude. Like, he's he, not. And, and But he, when you see him on screen, it's it's like you can... I guess because of, you're watching a movie and there's so much stuff going on, you don't really notice some of the small things like that. Right. You really just notice the big things like the biceps, the chest, the shoulders. Like, and they're like, oh man, this guy's jacked. He's a superhero. But, and, and they also hide it with costumes. Like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff that, costumes that are flattering, by the way. Yeah, because they just cover the stuff that isn't very big. And then like, 
you go sleeveless and you got big biceps and airbrushing makeup well, yeah you know, all, all 300 is notorious for airbrushing abs <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is what it is right but yeah i think you know my problem with Hemsworth is i thought he was too small and to this day i think he's too small to have played thor thor in the comic books that i read i don't know if you saw him but he was a lot more fucking jack than chris Hemsworth. <laughs> i read a lot of norse myth mythology and thor looks completely different from He's not necessarily fat, but he's definitely more like strongman style build. Oh, hell yeah! Um, than he is Chris Hemsworth and build. Um, there's a there's a I, I know we I've mentioned it before. You haven't played the God of War games, but there was Thor in the God of War games, and he was very much so Eddie Hall as opposed to Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, absolutely. Like he he had a big old belly. He, he kind of had saggy tits. If I'm <laughs> being real, like you know, bearded, long hair. Tall as fuck, right. but like you could tell by looking at him, he was a strong dude. Yeah, absolutely. it didn't matter about all the definition stuff. You could just look at him, and be like that guy's gonna break my face if he touches it. Right. Yeah. Like, so I guess it begs the question: like outside of the rock, like when did we get away from action heroes looking like action heroes? You know, it's like, probably nobody looks like their their nobody looks like their action figure anymore. The nineties, right? I remember having Terminator T two action figures and thinking that the action figures wasn't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like now they're like, you know, nobody looks like their action figure anymore. So I just you know, I don't know where we I don't know I don't know where we went wrong. It's not necessarily obviously Chris Hemsworth is a really uh um fit dude. Mm -hmm. Uh I would you know what I would say that Hugh Jackman has done a better job than most actors of looking the part, even though he's also not built anything like Wolverine from the comics. Because he's so much taller. They had to film scenes in a in a way that made him look shorter. Yeah. You know, setting him lower to the ground or being on his knees or whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, but as far as, and you look at the first X-Men movie, he was not big. No, but he got jacked. Later he on in that saga, he got he got pretty damn big. Oh, but I think the biggest and leanest he ever was was um, uh, the Japan movie. I think it was called The Wolverine. Yeah, that one was not good. It was awful. But uh, he was yoked. He was just shredded and just like looked like a monster. Yeah. Um. So Hugh Jackman, and to do that at his age too. Like, oh, for sure. Because uh, in the later years, I don't know, he was 40, 50, like. Probably. I, I mean, he's, he's probably a late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Every time he's played, and he's close to 60 now, right? Yeah. He's close to 60 when he played Logan in, in Logan. I think he was in his, I, I want to say he was in his 50s. I mean, but I, I could be wrong about that. Of course, that. I don't know that he was vis like visibly jacked in that movie. I don't really remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. I remember them talking about him looking more like old jacked. Like, you know how yeah. older guys, their way their abs look yeah, are, are not the same as like a younger guy's. Yeah. I, kind of like more ramp, like less of a, a linear waist and more like a, a almost, blo yeah, blockier is a good word yeah, for it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean. But, I mean, he was still big. Like he wasn't, he wasn't small for it yeah. by any means. You know, like I think of things like Sam Raimi casting Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. You know what I mean? The and even, biggest miscast. Well, he, in fairness, the, and this is 
when my brother talks about this movie, this is the only thing you can say about it that makes you go, okay, I get it. For that movie, Topher Grace's um, Brock was the parallel to uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Yeah, I mean... So, like, I understand where he was coming from, but, like, it was not the character. It was it was a different character. So it was I, not Eddie Brock. I think of... The two people I think of when I think about Venom is Flash Thompson and Eddie Brock. Right. And I think of 90s, 1990s cartoon and then original Spider-Man comic, Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson, who were both athletes and linebackers extremely right? Just, large extremely physically capable mm -hmm. imposing men and then you get Topher fucking grace <laughs> <laughs> like, you get eric foreman and, from that 70s show as as my favorite anti-hero in a in a in a uh, comic book franchise basically right and then honestly uh, uh while tom hardy's probably was much better at the role and infinitely fitter than Topher grace Still not my favorite cast, and I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. I like Tom Hardy a lot, and I, I liked the Venom movie. I haven't seen the second one. I've been meaning to watch it, but I just haven't ever yeah, found it. It's escaped me, too, a little bit. So Do what? It's escaped me oh, okay. a little bit, too. Yep. Yeah. But I do want to watch it. But I really liked the the contrast between... Yeah, I like his, uh, his dialogue between yeah. the symbiote and, and Eddie is good. Yeah, and that's um, what made the whole movie. Yeah. Like, if it hadn't been for that... That movie would have been a turd. It probably would have been. Like, I agree. Did you see um, Warrior with Tom Hardy in it and another no-name actor plays was, his brother and they end up, they they join like an amateur MMA contest and they both end up, the last fighters have to fight each other. I hadn't watched it, but I'd heard about Tom it. Tom Hardy is pretty, great. pretty goddamn yoked in that movie. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, now he was, he was definitely slimmer than he was as Bane mm -hmm. or probably as Eddie Brock, but uh, he looked physically imposing. Right and on that on that movie for sure, especially to have played an MMA fighter, he almost looked too big for the role. Really? Yeah, in my opinion, especially his brother is obviously supposed to be his weight class and is much slimmer, much uh, you know, obvious, <laughs> obviously different, you know, style of fighter. But mm -hmm. uh, that's a really good movie. You should watch it. But uh, but yeah, I can't think of any you know outside of maybe Hugh Jackman and The Rock. I can't really think of any modern actors that are just like completely. No pun intended. Over the top, like right. Stallone and and uh, Schwarzenegger was, and even looking back, you know, we looked it up. Stallone was still pretty small, five ten, one hundred ninety pounds, mm -hmm. playing somebody that was six two and two hundred five in the Rocky movies, two hundred one and fighting weight. But like, still, like those guys, like Dwarf. way different, way different than today's action heroes. Yeah, because <clears throat> I mean, and I think it's really. Nowadays, I think they're just like focusing on like aesthetically pleasing looks. It's not necessarily size. They don't, they're not trying to cast bodybuilders into roles. They want actors who can look good on the screen. Yeah, and that's fair. And and the good thing is too, they are casting real actors that have mm -hmm. acting chops. So it's not like I don't know if y'all seen it, but if you've seen you know the first Conan movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is not that is not as much as I love it that is not a you do not watch that for Arnold's action shops right you know what I mean it's just it's just a it's just an action movie yeah you know I mean it's a kind of a bad action movie um, <laughs> so I mean I give him credit for casting better actors but also I guess this is my problem this is a segue in another part of Hollywood you don't hear about because everything's so hush hush in the public eye about PEDs like we like, all know that 
Hollywood actors are using. Yeah, absolutely. There's no you don't get that fit that fast for a role without using something to help you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind, especially given his age, that Hugh Jackman. Yeah, for sure. He, he I'm sure he's on TRT just in general. Probably is. I mean, he, I mean, we know the Rock is right. Yeah, I mean, that's not that well. Goes without saying he does not claim to be, but he also doesn't actively say he doesn't. You well, know. you know, if you're in that role, I mean, I remember, I remember back in the day, Schwarzenegger was one of the people, like, actively trying to make sure steroids were considered a, a class one, you know, like a scheduled, you know, mm -hmm. a banned substance, basically. Yeah. Like, he was a big proponent of getting rid of what we know he used. Oh yeah, like like crazy. Like, so I think it's just about keeping a public image. Mm -hmm. The Rock, let me tell you, The Rock's not natty. No. I mean, I I, I mean, don't believe for a second. He, he has said he has used it in the past in interviews, but he has never actively said, I'm currently using. And I don't, you know, he's using, right? Like, but I guess I kind of have like a Mark Bell stance of it. He, he doesn't say he uses it. So all I can do is listen to what he says. Yeah. I can make speculation all day, but in, unless a doctor comes out and says he is, or he says he is, if anybody was genetically gifted enough to look like that without it, it would probably be somebody like him. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, given his age, he's not a young man anymore. No, he's in um, his 40s, 50s. And to continue to get better like he has, right. I'm just telling you that that's... These also, another thing, too, I'm not saying it sets an unrealistic expectation or anything. I'm not, I'm not dogging anybody, but um, when you have millions and millions of dollars online to play a role... You're going to do whatever you got to do to get that's the money. Reason, people get up in arms about baseball players doing it. But let me tell you something, man. Like, the league minimum is, like, $420,000. Right. Okay? Which is a lot of money to get in you. Yeah, for sure. But if you can do something like that, even if it's just during the offseason, put on a little muscle, bat speed's a little, a little faster, um, you run a little faster, you're a little less prone to injury, and it keeps you from – you get, you know, a multimillion-dollar contract versus the league minimum – or even cut mm -hmm. and not re-signed, what are you going to do? Right. Do you really fault these guys? No. Nobody wants Nobody wants to take a, you know, a pay cut to the tune of a tenth of what you could make. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even a hundredth of some, some of these baseball contracts are ridiculous. Like, you don't know what you would do if it meant you got a big movie role coming up. You have you have the stature of the person they need, but you don't have a look at what they need. And, and the difference in, you know, a $20 million movie contract or... Nothing. Or sitting at home is you do PEDs and train your ass off for six months. I got news for you. There ain't a person listening <laughs> that's, that's going to go sit home and say, oh, shucks, I can't do steroids yep. <laughs> for $20 million. And, like, and it's really funny because... And if you say that, you're lying to yourself. Right. And it's funny that you say that because I've heard uh, on the Mark Bell podcast, they talk about it all the time. And they're like, you know, everyone would be like... Oh, I'll take steroids for a movie role. I won't take steroids just to look better or to be stronger. Or potentially be healthier. Be, potentially be healthier because if you have low testosterone, you should be on TRT. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt because mine was so low. I have no doubt even when I have used at my strongest, I bet you that my, my, my blood count was still not high enough to be considered performance enhancing. Right. The first time I got blood work done, my, my testosterone was 89. Jesus. The healthy range is from 300 to 1,000. Yeah. I've used some pretty hard stuff with little to no side effects, with the exception of one experience, which was mm -hmm. terrible. 
um, with no gynecomastia, no mood swings, no nothing. That tells me that there's a very real chance that even when I was on heavy stuff, I was still in a normal range. Right. So there's definitely health benefits to be yielded yeah. from it. Like mentally, we talked about that, uh, you know, several times on the podcast already, but you bet your ass. Somebody says, Hey man, you're perfect for this role. We just need you to get we need a six foot three hick that, you know, can't form a, a normal <laughs> sentence uh, <laughs> to play this, you know, muscle bound dude in this, in this movie. And you're going to get X amount of zeros on that, on that paycheck <laughs> because of it, buddy, I'm doing whatever I have to. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just be like, hey, you tell me where to go. You tell me what you want. I'll send, send me send a trainer. You. My agent will spot me the money. Right? Like, Something. All the drugs. We'll get this done somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I think that, I think people lose sight of how practical uh, or actually the situations that, that causes athletes in particular, not just act- actors, to want to use. Right. Like, in the 90s in baseball, they were all chasing the home run record. Mm-hmm. Let me. Uh, you're not a baseball fan, but it's kind of turned back more into a pitching game, right? You see more like two to one games, mm-hmm. one to zero games, three to two games. In the '90s, people would get. You might have a game that was sixteen to four, you know, that's, seventeen to ten, you know, something like that. There was, you know, there were you know a huge difference. But what's happened to baseball? Nobody fucking watches it. Yeah, but nobody's willing to admit that. Everybody watched it back then. Yeah, you know, back, <laughs> back then everybody wanted to be up in arms because their favorite uh, Barry Bonds was on steroids or, Frank, you know, Mark McGuire was on steroids or something like that. But it was a better product, on right. product. Like, people get upset about it, but, like, you're talking about these guys trying to preserve something. They're trying to break records. They're trying to make themselves money. And one unfair, short-sighted thing about athletes and probably about actors, too, is you have a shelf life. Yeah. You're not playing professional baseball or professional football into your 40s. You're probably Tom Brady. most Tom Brady being a, a very, very rare exception. Um, you're not playing a skill position that long. You're not playing running back, wide receiver that long. No. You're not playing an offensive line that long. Hell no. And baseball players play a little longer, but you're probably not going to be good at baseball. Right. Not you're, good you know, enough. You're probably, to... you know, I think that the league average in the NFL is like two and a half years. Really? For a career. I didn't know so it you was have, that short. You have, you know, two and a half years. And you're a freak athlete if you make it to the NFL. Even, right. if, you're riding, oh, yeah. even if you're riding the pine and never see the field, you're a freak athlete. <laughs> so, like, you have two and a half years to make as much money as you can. You're going to do what you can to make as much money as you can. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, shit, you got to put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Honestly. Like. Honestly. Not, not trying to justify it, but, like. Um, to each their own, but it is not the it is not the demon that you want to break, blame something, blame blame money. Yeah, really. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, but uh, I don't it's, blame these guys for wanting to do that because you never know when you're. You know, they could go out there the next game, tear their rotator cuff and be done forever. Get tackled and the get, helmet hit your chest and have a heart attack on the field. Like, God bless that kid. I'm happy. He's, I'm happy he's back to it. But you know, have all these what ifs like. What if I never see the field again? Yeah, I mean, that, that $10 million a year, unfortunately, is not always guaranteed. Like, and it's not guaranteed for life. Oh, for sure. So, well, these actors are, are not much different. There's going to be a point that... They're like, I mean, hey, you're, you're too Arnold old. Arnold has acted in some B-list movies at best, you know, to put it together that we all watch because we all love them. But, mm-hmm. like, eventually you do age out of acting, too. Yeah. 
at least in that role, that kind of role. Yeah, you if if you're good at acting, you can get other roles for, as an older person for more decades. But but if if your role is the action star, probably a limited shelf life, like I said. As for as long as you are a jack dude that can show up and look a certain way, that's yeah, that's I mean, what I, you I got. Think Hugh Jackman's got to his limit, probably. He's uh he's doing like because he's talented in other ways he's doing like broadway yeah i mean i knew he did that anyway yeah you know, like uh, he's a super talented guy great singer um but you know in terms of his his days of, pull, uh, of, of playing logan is playing wolverine are numbered yeah he's i i mean, I mean um, he was done after logan yeah they probably just offered him enough money to come back for deadpool yeah, 3 I mean, you know i mean we, i know we all watch schwarzenegger and, and sylvester stallone into their 50s probably Hell, I watched them after. Well, that's all well and good, but I mean they weren't the same. No, you know there's a there's a shelf life for it. You just gotta ask yourself: if I had the opportunity to make X amount of money, what would I do? Right. Would I be okay with taking steroids? Cause, I mean, that's, I, that's pretty minimum risk compared to a lot of other things you could do for a movie. Yeah, that's minimum risk compared to somebody like Jackie Chan. Yeah, who did Tom movie. Cruise? Yeah, he does absolutely. all his own stunts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like steroids are much lower, risk, <laughs> right? I mean, like, you're not going to break your, you know, I guess you could slip slip in the bathroom and break your neck, you know, if the <laughs> yeah. pit just surprised you or something. But like, but, like, it's much lower risk to just put a pin in your butt than it is to, <laughs> than it is to go out there and do your own stunts and stuff. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I don't know. I think you got I think, I think to think about it. You got to put yourself in athlete situations and actor situation. Ask yourself what you would do. And I think if you're being honest with yourself, We'd all be surprised at how many, how much, how often my answer would be yes. I, I feel like it would take someone, probably someone for not doing it for religious reasons. I feel like that is the only kind of person that would be like, no, I'm not going to do it. Right? Most, most of these people that are adamantly anti-steroid or PED in general, half the nation's on painkillers, dude. Right. People will take a painkiller, supremely addictive. Ruin your life, much more extreme side effects, ED, all kind of other shit. I know that comes with some steroid use too, but uh, if you abuse it, if you abuse it, yeah, absolutely. Um, most of us are all all doing the right right things to make sure that kind of stuff doesn't happen yeah. to us. Well, painkiller can take all that stuff away from you. You're not on any type of that eats your liver, destroys your liver. My grandmother died of cirrhosis of the liver from medication. Um. Yeah, I bet you're not on any type of liver support when you're when you're taking your oxycodone, for real. Yeah. I bet you're not. You probably, you know, probably don't you're even not think about it. You're probably not even thinking about it. Exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know if doctors even say, "Hey, you should take something for your for your liver for that." I'm sure if you're in the doctor regularly, they probably do blood work and monitor it. Right, like, and then I guess they're not then, probably actively saying while you're taking this, you should take something for your liver. For your liver, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Milk well, thistle being the most common. Yeah, absolutely. Liver no, we're medicine. all doing that. Yeah. Hell, I mean, I, I had fatty liver disease uh, a couple of years ago. I was diagnosed with fatty fatty liver. It went away after I, after I started using, and I was on an oral. <laughs> I was the worst thing for it, you know. Right. I, albeit, I, it was one of the times I had quit drinking, um, right? So that helped out tremendously. But like, here's a, supposedly this the worst thing on the planet for your liver. <laughs> Mine got better using it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I'm not taking Tylenol every day, and I'm not drinking like a fish. And it, those things are way worse. Interesting. 
You know, but, but you know, I'm telling you, those people that are on four or five, six prescription drugs a day, and I'm on a prescription drug every day. I have, like I said, I'm prescribed TRT, and I'm on blood pressure medication mm-hmm. every day. But, uh, you know, these people are taking, you know, it's not uncommon for a normal person to have four or five prescriptions they take every yeah. day, and they want to beat their chest about being sterile. Their favorite base, they found out their favorite baseball player tested positive. <laughs> Who cares? So fucking what? <laughs> let's let's be real though. Uh, I know the Rockets started the XFL. I don't know if well he didn't start, but he gained he, most a lot of the XFL. Yeah, he did. Uh, he's like primary shareholder or yeah. something like that. Um, I don't know what their drug policy is. It'll be strict. But if it wasn't, well, honestly, I feel like that would be the football sport. Like the football sport to watch, right? Like, because it'd be like these guys aren't being tested for anything. So this is going to be like the pinnacle of football. Yeah. So because these people are going to be like at the peak of their athletic performance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, there's I have one argument against that, and that's just because those guys are you're playing on a professional level, and you have somebody that weighs 230 pounds and runs a four four forty. Uh, and has been trained their whole life to hit you. Uh, That's fair. That impact is, I do think there's an element, just with football, mm-hmm. of player safety that's a concern. That's fair. A lot like there would be in boxing or right. in MMA. Because there's a, a level very of... physical sport. There is a level of, uh, you know, of player safety involved that, that, that I'm curious about. I think the quickest fix for the XFL, and this has been a hot take to some people, uh, and you hear everybody, are you familiar with the name and image likeness things that are going on in college football right now? Uh, basically, it sounds familiar. Basically, schools are allowed to pay kids now. Okay. But it's not directly from the school. It's from, they're allowed to set up a fund that's like Bo Nix that played at Auburn. He's at Oregon now. Had one from Milo's Hamburgers. Mm-hmm. He's allowed to take payment for advertisement and stuff like that. Now. Okay. Uh, basically, just as a musician would, he can use his own name, image, and likeness to make money while he's in college, okay. right? But it's screwed up the world of college football recruiting. Like more people were in a transfer portal because they're trying to get better deals from other schools. So kids are transferring, rosters are getting, I mean, there's like 20 something leaving Alabama this year. Jeez. Which is, and that's not even like, I don't even think Nick Saban's worried about it because he's probably gonna have 20 more come in. Right. They're just as good or better because of NIL. Mm-hmm. But you have these people going around basically shopping schools for better deals. And you know they're you know they're transferring. Some of these kids have transferred two or three times already. Like that's um, a little, I feel like that's excessive. I mean, do they have to complete a full season? Like, do they have to? Yeah. So once you're there, you do you have, you do have to do a full season. Okay. But uh, but they lifted. Technically, at one point you were supposed to be able to sit out a year, but now you can get waivers, so you can go directly to a school. Mm-hmm. So the waiver system's gotten so polluted now, everybody gets a waiver for anything they want to transfer for. Mm. And uh, if they haven't gotten rid of it altogether, to the point that you could be at Alabama and say, I want to go play at Auburn and... Just get shipped over there. Yeah, basically. So, you know, these kids are shopping for new deals, but the thing is, you have to be three years removed from high school to be NFL draft eligible. Mm -hmm. If The Rock wants to make the XFL the best product in football... He does what basketball used to do and baseball does now, and he would draft right out of high school. Yeah. That way these kids that are taking advantage of these NIL deals can go directly from high school to be a professional football player, get a rookie contract, 
And then the name image likeness stuff in college goes away. That stuff would still exist, mm-hmm. but it'd be for two and three star ca- talent kids that need it. Right. As opposed to four or five star kids that are probably going to make millions in the NFL anyway. Right. Those kids are obviously going to go to the XFL, go make a quarter of a million or better dollars a year on the rookie Sooner. contract. Yeah. And then they can still, uh, when their contract's up, they're still eligible to go to the NFL if they want to. Right. So I think if The Rock wants a good product on the field, I think he takes the youngest players, doesn't put a draft limit on it, and says, we'll, we'll draft you out of high school. It solves the NCAA's problem with NIL, and it solves the XFL's problem of having to compete with the NFL. Because then you're not competing. You're basically just a minor league farm system for the NFL. Right. And that makes sense. And that would honestly, it'd be very similar to just watching college football, right? Yeah, it would be. Around here, it's like huge. College football is huge. I mean, it's it's a... It's college state, right? Yeah. So uh, Alabama, Auburn, that's yeah. like the biggest thing sure, in Alabama. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about getting all these kids straight out of high school, especially if people, like, I don't know, I feel like that'd be a good The NBA idea. used to do that. LeBron James never played a, a, yeah. a, a single tip-off of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant never did either. Um, they have the one-and-done rule now, which means you have to be one year removed from high school to be NBA mm-hmm. draft el- eligible. Um well, you don't hear about it in college. That's a good point because in college basketball, you don't hear about NIL being a big deal because those kids only have to play one year and then they can go to the NBA. Right. So that seems like the solution for The Rock in my mind. Yeah. Whether or not he does, because at that age, we're all shitheads at that age. Yeah. You're, you're dealing with some punk asses for sure. Oh, for sure. But hell, a lot of these kids, they're not, they're not, they're not good by mistake. Most of these kids that are four and five stars... The vast majority of them were super disciplined. Mm-hmm. Were probably good in school because they had to be to qualify to get to college. Mm-hmm. Um, they at least cared enough about their craft to get good enough to become a four or five star. Uh, not very many people are just born into five star talent. Right. You know what I mean? Unless your last name's Manning, you're probably not <laughs> guaranteed a five star rating. Right? You probably mm-hmm. have to work for it. So I mean, most of these kids are high character kids anyway. There's always outliers, mm-hmm. and you always hear about the outliers. You know, you always hear about the punks, but like nine out of ten of them are probably good kids. Like, let them go make their money in the XFL, and if they want to be done with the XFL after the rookie contract's up, they can go to the Canadian Football League or they can go to the NFL. Or they can be done. Or they can be done. Maybe, maybe yeah, they yeah, decide, yeah. you know what? Maybe they say, hey, maybe I do want to go to college. Yeah. They don't have any football stock eligible anymore. Right. They can't go play football, but hell, they could. But I mean, you think they can about, still go get a college education? They had plenty of money, enough money to pay cash for it. You exactly, that's what that. I was about to say. They got <laughs> enough money from playing for the XFL for a few seasons. They can just be like, they could probably be like, you know what? I'm gonna build a business or you know do something else. I don't have to keep. Yeah, I think football. I think that's the that, that's the trick to above PD use. PD use would be really really good for ex NFL guys that are looking for a gig and find themselves in the XFL or mm-hmm. CFL. Um, but I think to make the product absolutely top-notch, I think you take the youngest talent possible. You solve college football's problem for them. Because let me tell you something, college football's not going away. Yeah. If Alabama and Auburn go back to playing every game on their schedule with two- and three-star talent again, Alabama and Auburn fans are not going to quit watching them. Yeah. They're not. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's they're, not they're really not. about the, the talent at this point. It's about cheering for Alabama or Well, it's, it is about that. But, I mean, like, the game – you might get a pure idea of what the game is actually supposed to look like. Yeah. A good example of that is women's basketball is a purer form of the sport than men's basketball is most of the time. They have to actually go, you know, go down the court, set up an offense, run an offense. It's not just the biggest guy on your team in the paint 
trying to get you two quick points like mm-hmm. it can be in, in the NBA. You know what I mean? The NBA has become a three-point league, so it's a little bit different now. But most of the time when you watch women's basketball, it's a really, really beautiful example of the sport because they're running their full offense. They're running their full defenses. Like, it's a better example of how the game was meant to be the, played. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing to say that it wouldn't be better college football. Mm-hmm. And then you have more kids that are two- and three-star talent that have the ability to – work their way up the roster, and then eventually go to the NFL, too, and prove themselves. Yeah. Like, it clears the way for a whole new demographic of kid to be able to work through their sport and then eventually go on to professional sports, in my mind. But And just rolling back <clears throat> a little bit to what you said about uh, most of the kids being you know, punk-ass kids, The Rock was a punk-ass kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think he yeah. – I feel like, you know, he probably wouldn't have any issues with that. He'd be like, yeah. you know, I was in those shoes. So yeah, I know I, what it's like. Well, yeah, let me, whatever. Let me, let me just know? say, too, I do think that most of them are probably good kids, like I said, because the yeah. discipline alone, it took them to get it. Right. Or at least they possess the ability to be good kids. Yeah. Um, but but even not, if they are, like, I, it's just one of those things. I feel like The Rock would be like, well, it, I know I was given a chance, even though I was a yeah. punk ass kid. So I'm going to give this guy a chance, even though yeah, he's absolutely. a punk ass kid. I, I, think, I think it's a good place for him to land. Yeah. I mean, shit, one of the best men in basketball, whether people hate him because of his politics. So this is not a political discussion. But in terms of what he does for his community and what he does for the world, LeBron James is a great man. A lot, love him or hate him for his politics is. One of those things. That guy never played college basketball. It's not like it's a – somehow here in the South, especially when it comes to football, it's some type of rite of passage as an athlete to say that you – or even in even in baseball or, or basketball, like you got to go play college. you got to be a broke college kid for four years before you can go make all your money in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's kind of bullshit. Yeah. It is. Like that kid's 18. If half, he can be drafted. The, yeah, absolutely. If he has the opportunity to be drafted, let him go be drafted. I mean – well, I meant drafted in the army. Hey, if he's old enough to be drafted <laughs> in the army, he damn sure is old, should be old enough to go go play sports. Go play day. sports, yeah. yeah. And shit, and all, all these people beating their chest about actors and athletes getting paid too much money. If you could do it, wouldn't you do it? Then yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. You know I mean? Like they're making that much money for a reason. It's yeah. because they are literally one in ten million. Yeah, you know, they're, you're talking about the elite of the elite. Like, there's what a, a you know. A thousand football players in the NFL, 1,500 maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably half that in the NBA. Like, they deserve to be some of the richest people on earth because nobody, if everybody could do what they do, they'd do they'd it. They'd do it, <laughs> right? Like, and just then it to, would be an everyday paying job, you know? Just but, to segue this a little bit into powerlifting, you think about all the people that are like talking about, you know, people who are on steroids, like going out deadlifting eight, 900 pounds. They're like, well, I could do that if I was on steroids. Do it then. Go do it. Go do steroids and go lift that. Go do it, buddy. Yep. That's like, More power to you. Let's go. Let's. Well, I, could, I, I can't. I could do that much weight if I was on steroids. Yep. I, Mother, I, motherfucker, <laughs> you don't have the discipline to stay in the gym long enough for the steroids to work. Exactly. You're allowed to do that. You're gonna. You're gonna be that motherfucker the first time. The first time you wake up with a sore back, you'll be like, "I threw my back out." You didn't throw <laughs> your back out. There's muscles back there that you haven't used in ten years. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, nut up, man. <laughs> like, it's it's sad. And uh, just... I've never. Um, I try to. And from actors too. So I don't, don't want to think that this just moved on to NFL and NBA talk. <laughs> but like, I've never been one to sit down and, and say I could do that. Right. I hate the armchair quarterback. 
was like, no, you didn't know that guy was open until Kirk Herbstreit told you he was open. He should have thrown it to you. Don't tell me he made a dumb mistake because you have never had. You haven't had seven guys <laughs> trying to tackle you. Yeah. While four guys are out there trying to tackle who you're throwing to. Uh, all of them run 4-4 four, four or better. Mm-hmm. All of them, you know, can bench press God knows what. Like just absolute mountains of men running towards you, trying to kill you because you got a football, yep. and you're trying to make a quick decision. Like mm-hmm. You have never done that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I, you know, there's, there's good plays and bad plays, and it's okay to, to criticize bad calls and stuff like that, but I absolutely hate hearing somebody calling somebody call an athlete dumb or something like that because he did this, that, or the other. Like, man, you couldn't do it. No. You couldn't do it with minor leagues. You couldn't do it with the kids. I know. You couldn't do it with the middle school kids. I mean, shit, you can't can't even get out and field balls for your son, you know. Like, like, calm down, dude. Like, like you you can't do this. Like, so, I mean, I have a misrespect for it, and I'm never going to be somebody that criticizes uh, and think about acting. Talking about these action movies and stuff, they're not the greatest actors in the world, but to have to do every all the athletic shit that they have to do, mm. and then to have to make it believable on top of it, that's a whole other level of intelligence and athleticism that that requires mm-hmm. that you don't even see in sports. Yeah, you think about guys like <laughs> uh, like all the Marvels like heroes, right? That have to get into shape for their roles. Yeah, uh, Chris Evans. We talked about Chris Hemsworth. Fuck Chris Evans. You don't like Chris Evans? No, I'm you know I'm anti. And, and this is this is going to sound un-American, but I do not like Captain America. Not that not not the representation of him in the Marvel movie franchise anyway. Man, I thought he had some of the best. Like Winter Soldier is my favorite. I despise uh, on the DC side of the argument. I despise Superman too, and I feel like he is basically Marvel Superman, and I uh, I fucking hate him. Man, but Henry Cavill is just such a wonderful person. And he's actually another good example of somebody who's gotten really, really good, good shape. shape. Yeah, he absolutely has. Like, take him out of way let's, let's, going back to like what we were talking about earlier, you said The Rock and Hugh Jackman. Henry Cavill is big. Pretty big dude, yeah. Like, And I guess the case could be made, even though I hate him as Bruce Wayne for Ben Affleck. As, ben Affleck? As Bruce Wayne, too. He, he got really big for uh, Batman Superman. But he lost a lot of weight after Justice League. He got really small. And in fairness, he went to rehab. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, yeah. you know best best thing for him. You yeah. know, he, he didn't need to be out and doing all this stuff. But um, Ben Affleck was big. Uh, his And interestingly enough, I actually watched an RP video. It was uh, Dr. Mike talking about the best workouts in film. and. Uh, Bruce Wayne's Batman Superman workout. He was like, this is a real workout. And I was like, hell yeah, it was. That was awesome. You, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't Christian Bell's 100 push-ups that he does. It was not. The beginning of... <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. There was a few in there, and I think one of them was actually uh, Rocky. Which one was it where he fought the blonde Russian dude? It's Rocky Four. Yeah. Rocky Four. So I'm pretty sure that one was in there. Like the, it was the parallels of them training yeah. that was in there too, and it was like Russians were like doing all the steroids and like <laughs> there was the the whole it's all modern machine. Yeah, and, and yeah. it was Rocky just like out in his backyard, and uh, he was like that. I can't remember what he rated that one. I think he said it was okay. 
Um, but I think he rated highest the Batman Superman workout because it was functional. Yeah, like he, he did the the tire, like the hammer swings on the tire, pull ups, sled pulls, um, bench press. Yeah, I think he did squats. He did squats too, I believe. So he had like an actual functional training workout, and Zack Snyder directed it, and he is actually a gym bro. Like he's not big. But, but he he cares about that stuff. But he he cares about that stuff. Well, more, more credit to him to making superheroes look super right. And that was and I hate when people bash Zack Snyder because he literally just wants to take things from a comic book and put them on the screen. That's I mean that's I guess a, as somebody the, the basis of this conversation is action movies and fitness in Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see. I want to see my comic book heroes come to life. Yeah, you know who was the closest to this probably. And it's overlooked because they were kind of bad movies. I watched them as a kid anyway, but the first major Marvel franchise was Blade. Yeah. Wesley Snipes was pretty fucking yoked. Right. <laughs> he was a big dude. Like, you know, but I, you know, I, you know, I remember him from Demolition Man and everything else mm -hmm. from back in the day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I want my superheroes to look super. Is that such a problem? Like, I think, I think, I think the, really. the problem <laughs> is the perception of what super is now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean... I get certain roles are supposed to look different. Like the Flash, he's not a Jack dude. No, he's not he's, supposed to be. He's Peter supposed Parker's to look, not supposed to be. No, Peter Parker's not. Like, Flash is supposed to look like a runner. Peter Parker's supposed to look like a nerd. You know, like skinny and, you know, maybe, you know, like shredded, but skinny, right? Like, he's not supposed to be a big dude. Um, and then, but you've got roles like Bane. And he's supposed to be a monster. Like, just huge and... uh they did a good job making Bane, yeah, at least on film, look physically larger, capable of that role, in right? My opinion. And, but, and in that in that movie, you know, Christian Bale's Batman wasn't just massive, so it it was probably a little easier to be like, oh, well, you don't have to get that much bigger than him, so it's yeah. like you know easier to do. But you know, you look at Tom Hardy's Bane versus Zack Snyder's Batman, and it's like, dude, you're about to get you're about to it's get not, stomped. It's not the same. Yeah, it would take Brock Lesnar to play yeah. to, to play Bane to match that. Yeah. I understand. I mean, that's uh I just want my superheroes to look super. I'm just telling you, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, they yeah. don't look real super to me. I, I feel like like I s like I was I saying, would say I will give Chris Evans credit. He looks more super than Chris Hemsworth does to me. Is is that so? I, I feel like I feel like he looks closer to the part than I. I just feel like part of Chris Hemsworth, my beef for Chris Hemsworth, is that role he is playing a god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have been more godlike. Like you know what I mean? Like and like the first Captain America movie, you get to see his transformation from little skinny frail mm -hmm. kid to you know super, super soldier. Which is kind of cool. So it, it frames it in your mind a little bit better mm -hmm. as to what he's supposed to look like. But Hemsworth, like, man, we have thousands of years worth of <laughs> knowledge about the God of <laughs> the God of Thunder, <laughs> and uh, it's like I don't know, like, not quite God of Thunder enough for me. <laughs> I guess. I guess. You know I, mean? I guess my <laughs> argument in that would be you like. When it comes to Thor and like Greek mythology, Thor, it, it's different than Marvel Thor. But like I mean, even in the pages, as a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I mean it's, he was he was not a Norse god looking. He was more like a Greek god type because yeah. the Greek gods were all well, shredded. They wanted, and, him, you know, they wanted him to be more 
palatable. Right. Even, as, more, even, as, even in the comics. Yeah, know, just like really, visually appealing. They wanted yeah. the aesthetic of a large superhero looking character. But I guess my argument would be that even, even though it's like he's not as big as he should be, you know, he has godlike powers, so it's like, eh, he doesn't have to necessarily be the most massive because his... They're you know, supernatural. Right, yeah, yeah he's, he's a god. He, he can look whatever he wants to look. Because he's a god, and you know what you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but uh, but I also I, understand. I, what, I will say this too. Part of this too is you're not going to get the same acting chops out of Wesley Snipes as you got out of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, like if you wanted that, if that that character of Black Panther had been played in the '90s, it would have been Carl Weathers or Wesley Snipes or somebody a much much mm -hmm. bigger man but there, let me be honest it's not going to be as good of a movie right black panther is one of my favorites and he was a really good actor yes yeah. let's be honest uh, rest in peace yeah absolutely he was a, he was really really good. So you're not going to get the same act, acting chops i mean you're not maybe chris hemsworth is a little bit better actor than somebody like brock lesnar would have been <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine you know brock lesnar as thor <laughs> no i'll tell you i did imagine him as and he actually wouldn't have had to been a good actor to play it he sh should have been Sam Raimi's Venom. Oh, yeah. that Because he, he looks like Eddie Brock from the comics. He does. Movies. He really does. <laughs> he absolutely should have been in Topher Grace's role. Because, I mean, it wasn't that, let me, it wasn't an acting stretch. Mm -mm. <laughs> Let's be honest. But uh, I, I just want my superheroes to look super. That's, that's the... <laughs> and I think that's a fair argument for cinema today. And I, I feel like certain movies, like the, like Zack Snyder's movies, they they have a certain style to them. Like, he wants things to look visually appealing, and that's one of the things he goes for. Because he, he has always been, like, when he talked about filming Batman Superman, he's like, I don't want a skinny Batman. Like, that is yeah. not, that's yeah. not Batman. There was an excuse a little bit for Christian Bell's Batman, even though he was probably, he was in better shape, we've already talked about, than Michael Keaton, mm -hmm. Val Kilmer, George Clooney, probably Robert Pattinson, I'd imagine, too. Oh, Robert Pattinson was just a skinny emo. Boy. Okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> But, you know, it was told in his story, you know, he goes and trains under Ra's al Ghul as a ninja. Right. And so I mean, he was always going to be light and nimble. And yeah, it was always supposed to be, that was the character he assumed was that of a ninja. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, so, yeah. like, there's a little bit more of an excuse for him. But like, like I said, I'm okay if it fit the character. Peter Parker's a good example. Mm -hmm. Like, he was supposed to be a skinny, nerdy kid. That's it. Yep. You know, that's, that's cool. But like. I want my superhero Superman. That's the only thing I gotta say. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and you know, I guess that too. The problem with the skinny Batman is the only thing he has going for, for him is his physical ability and his money. He's not super. What well, and his <laughs> intelligence? Yeah, he's incredibly intelligent. Sure, but like, he's not. He's not. Super. He doesn't have superpowers. No, yeah, he's not. Like, and you think about a skinny Batman. You think you think even if you're in a in a suit that's you know moderately intimidating, you think. That guy that's 160 pounds or that guy that's 240? <laughs> yeah. Which one's going to be scarier walking towards you? 240 always. Like, yeah, right, absolutely. yeah. Unless they have a cauliflower ear. Then <laughs> <laughs> they, they might be scarier than the 160 guy. <laughs> but, but he's but wearing a suit. Large, you can't, yeah, can't yeah, see by, it. By and large, you know, the 240 guy all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And even in the comics, right, we looked up Christian, Christian Bell's weight as Batman was like 185 to 195 or something like that. 
Something similar. Something um, like that. Batman in the comics is 210 pounds. Yep. Like... He's six, bigger, two, six two two ten, probably like five percent body fat. Yeah, I mean, a lot bigger, a lot more athletic dude, and it just is what it is. I just, but I get, I guess, for actors to get into that kind of shape in the amount of time from when they get the role to when they start filming is just so difficult that it's hard to do that. Yeah, but they're, it's not like they're not working out when they're. I know that they're training; they're still training daily while they're filming. It depends on it depends on the uh, the actor, though, right? Because yeah. guys like. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, all these guys that got the roles and they got in shape. They got these contracts. They knew they were going to be long-term so they could, you know, perform, you know, in the gym and like build a base and then grow yeah. into these roles. They're not but, doing the Christian Bell thing and filming Batman and losing 100 pounds to film The Machinist and then gaining 100 back to film, to film Batman, Batman again. again. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and, you know, like, I guess, I guess it's just <clears throat> hard to get some, like, Nowadays, it's probably easier because, like, it's more expected of uh, if you're going for a certain role that you have to look a certain way. So more actors are going to start leaning towards, well, I know I want to be in these kinds of roles, so I'm going to get in better shape. Where And, like, you know, the actors that oh, I don't want to play an action star, I don't have to gain weight. Um, so I, get, I guess I guess I'm arguing myself. But, like... You you either have to be going in that direction to get to that point before filming, or you have to get there. Like you're, you're you have to get there. I, you you I, get yeah, what I'm, I'm saying. saying. I tell you, who's very very under uh, underrepresented in the superhero role, especially. And I'm, I'm telling you, this is it's very obvious. Think about athletic women are very underrepresented. Oh, absolutely, and. uh and superhero roles. Now, I, I loved Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, but she wasn't jazzed. There wasn't anything wondrous about her. She like, was physically. Like, she was not. She was kind of shorter. She was really slender. Like there, she wasn't physically imposing yeah, at I, all. You know, that's something. Obviously, I, Sandy being super athletic and and uh, muscular, well built, super and a super athletic person, we find ourselves a lot of the time being like. She's skin and bones. Yeah, it's not being judgmental about it because that's that's the way that's the way some people are. That's the way mm. some men are built. But like the actual representation of an athletic female in any type of role for all of movie time, like, yeah, is uh pretty freaking slim. Yeah, and that's kind of sad too. I I feel like with the way like the fitness industry is going, there's a lot more appeal for a stronger, thicker woman. Like just. Visually, like people are more like, ah, you know, I actually I think like it appeals that. more to the masses than just a skinny actress does at this point. I think so. I mean, um, because it's, I think it's more realistically attainable for people that are heavier. Mm -hmm. I think it's more, probably more appreciated by the girls that are actually athletes. And mm -hmm. so I think it actually covers more bases. It represents more, a larger demographic than just a skinny big fan. Yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, that is an unrealistic expectation. One, it's unrealistic, I guess, to ask any of these people to be to look super, right? Because right. This is a, the whole conversation we're having is could be de deemed unrealistic. But mm -hmm. when you're talking about the amount of money that they make and the fact that athletic women really aren't, I'm not big on. I'm, I'm not. This is not a political thing either. But athletic women are severely, severely un un unrepresented in these superhero movies or movies in general. Yeah. Like, just don't see it.
Yeah. And it's it's <clears throat> it's sad because like I was saying, I I feel like that's more of where we're leaning towards. Like yeah. anytime I'm scrolling through like fitness feeds, it's like and it, and Rascal Apparel has muscle mommy t shirts. Like yeah. like they're hammering that right now. Just like muscle mommy. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that's a thing. People find that desirable at this point. So why aren't we seeing more of it? I guarantee you too, beyond a certain age, especially, uh, women are much more likely to be interested in the gym and much more likely to take care of themselves than men are. Mm -hmm. So you're really representing a bigger demographic by having an athletic woman on film than you are even an athletic male. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I would like to see more of that person represented on film. I mean, uh, not to say, you know, like I said, I think it's a little bit slippery. I just want my superhero super, right? Like, <laughs> and I think that includes them because I think it's unfair to not include them in it. Yeah, they should. They should get to look athletic on on, on film. Honestly, like, I guess. <clears throat> I guess the problem is, you know, when it comes to women and steroids, it's a lot, lot slippier slope. There's a lot of people, women, I guess, that don't want to go there with men. We're like, just stick a needle in us. We don't care. Half of us are doing it anyway. Right. And, but with women, it's like, I don't want all this hair. I don't want the deeper voice. You know, I don't want the sexual side effects, all mm -hmm. those kind of things. And that's fair. I'm not saying these girls should be on steroids. I'm right. just saying that uh, we need a more athletic body types represented. Well, I guess what I'm saying is with men, you're like, you have that advantage where you take steroids, you get in shape really quick for the role. Whereas women, they have, you know, let's say they have six months to get ready for a role. You're it's, probably you're not. Saying it's probably easier for an actress to lose weight than it is to get jacked in the gym. Exactly. It, it, I mean, that's, there's probably, it's probably true. But I know that these, I know that some of these girls are doing it. You know right. I, mean? I know that they're training. Like, I also know as a personal trainer that, and a lot of it has to do with absolute load, but women can actually handle more total volume in the gym than men can. Yeah. Like there, you know, there's no, you know, it's the actress's choice too. Right. But like, I do feel like an athletic woman is underrepresented in Hollywood. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying the, re the reasoning, reasoning is why, yeah. yeah, it's probably just, it's, it's more difficult to get from a skinny, a, a, a normal movie role to, to a, a super role, right? Yeah. Like, or any sort of athletic role. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Just want my superhero super. Saying it again. <laughs> so, and it, it may, like I said, it may be unrealistic. And I think we do set unrealistic expectations on athletes, on actors and actresses, um, on any person in a position, a public position. I feel like there's probably too much pressure put on them. Um, but they're also, you know, they did choose to be in the public eye to an extent, mm -hmm. right? And they do have a lot more resources than the average man does. Like, yep. it just is what it is. I mean. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Just it, just in the vein of superheroes, because you won't, you won't really get this opportunity in anything else. How do you feel about, you know, let's say Robert Pattinson's 150 pounds, whatever, without, you know, without working out or anything? And he puts on a suit that makes him look like he's 220. You know, padded suits, like fake muscles in the suits. I guess as long as it don't interfere with the storyline, it's probably okay. Right. Because you know, Ben Because you're talking about on camera. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, that's just Hollywood playing tricks on us. Yeah. And like I said, all these people are getting airbrushed and mm -hmm. makeup and everything anyway, right? So they, pro 
they probably look better on film than they do in person. Yeah. Regardless of how jacked they are. Like, so I don't necessarily see a problem with that. I will say this, the first Batman, Batman Begins, the first of the Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. series, he's trained, in those training montages at the beginning of the movie, it's important for him to be fit because it's part of his story. Right. Like, as long as it's not, I guess, interfering with the story, mm-hmm. I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it is, it is what it is. I mean, and I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think I have any problems with it either. Um, just, just for the sake of, as long as it's visually the way it's supposed to be, the only problem I'd have it, it would be extremely jarring to see 150 pound Robert Pattinson put on a suit that made him look 240. And you go from a scene where he's, you know, not wearing the suit and he so is wearing a suit. Uh, he's 100 pounds heavier all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be like. I mean, that's the point. You probably have like body doubles and stuff, which I know happens in Hollywood and yeah. stuff too. But I mean, I don't know, man. I mean. I do feel I almost feel a little guilty about this conversation because I feel like I'm putting a real unrealistic expectation on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I am appreciative of people's acting chops now. Another good example of this, I'm a huge Punisher fan. Mm-hmm. The Thomas Jane Punisher movie sucks. I don't think it sucks. I, I, I like him. He's fine in the role. He has a terrible supporting cast now. Oh, that, 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 I mean. <laughs> John Travolta's a fucking clown in that movie. But he's a, you know, John Berthold's way better. In that oh, movie. yeah. You feel like he was actually in the Marine Corps and he's living that role, mm-hmm. right? Thomas Jane was a lot better shape. Was he? Yeah, in my opinion, he was. He he looked physically more. Yeah, I guess I guess than, so. Than yeah. John Bernthal did, which is crazy because Bernthal just has that that tone about him and this like, a presence on mm-hmm. film, even when he's not in that role. He had the same presence on film on in The Walking Dead that he mm-hmm. does in The Punisher, like. He has a very like commanding, like yeah, strong personality, and it's good. It's really good in that role, and you believe him. You almost believe that John Bernthal, and he may have been, was a Marine mm-hmm. when he plays the role of Frank Castle. Yeah, like, he's above and beyond a better actor than Thomas Jane. But again, Thomas Jane's he looked like the Punisher in the comics. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're not as good. Of, it's not as good of a movie as that series was. But right. But I'm just telling you, he he looks apart. Like yeah. It's just a little bit, and you know they go out of their way to make sure these other characters. Another good example that's the Netflix, uh, Netflix's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingpin looks exactly like he should. Oh, like, he was Kingpin. great. Um, yeah, he was he was amazing in it. Um, and you know, to be fair, Matt Murdock was cast pretty well. He was pretty. Yeah, Charlie pretty, Cox was great. He was a pretty fit dude. Um, uh, and he, he, he a little bit more Spider Man like in build in my mind. So he he yeah. fit that role. I feel like he, his body type fit it. But uh, I feel like all these supporting a- actors and actresses get spot on exactly like the comic mm-hmm. books. And then I guess your they're, leads. Uh, yeah, and your leads, you know, just not really. I'm a big Tony Stark fan, right? He's, to me, that's Marvel's Batman. I yeah. mean, they, they have so many parallels, like in terms of their story and everything like that. We talked about Robert Downey Jr. does not, there's nothing super about that guy. No. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I know he gets the suit and everything and it does all the work for him, right? But like, and he's a super genius and all these other things, just like Bruce Wayne was. But, like, goddamn, dude, at least do some sit-ups. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, at least look like, you know, you have the money to take care of yourself because you do. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and, I uh, guess- he, was, he was thin. He's older and stuff, too. But, like, still. And then, I don't know. Yeah, leaves a lot to be desired in my mind. But I guess the benefit of what we do get is we get better acting in exchange for, in exchange for that, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, shit, bad acting didn't catch, uh, didn't stop me from watching 
Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, and Jesse Ventura in that first Predator movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and maybe, maybe. The first Rocky movie won an Academy Award. It may be his only good acting job he ever did because <laughs> he was that character for the rest of his career. But it was a fucking awesome movie. You know, right. you know what I mean? And I know those two, the examples of those two, they're not super, but they're still, they look like action movie stars. Yeah. Stallone looked like a boxer. Uh, Schwarzenegger looked like a man that had the, had the ability to kill a 750 pounds, seven foot tall. Alien that's <laughs> here to kill him. You know, right. you, know, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, they look, they look the part in my mind, I guess. Right. It was, just as what it is. They were believable. Chris Hemsworth, not necessarily believable. It's Thor. <laughs> He's just not. Gonna, just going <sighs> to label this episode bashing Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth. <laughs> by Zach Gordon. It is what it is. Hey, man, I, I, wish, I, man. I, mean, I wish I looked like him. I mean, he's. Uh, they definitely could have cast a lot. There's a lot of worse people they could have cast. Yeah. Like I said, maybe what we got from him was his ability to play that character mm-hmm. and not so much look like the character. <laughs> I feel like, and like, like I said, it, like his back's not big, his waist's not big, but you cover that with, you know, costume and, and you show big, his big biceps. Big, big biceps and big shoulder caps. Yeah. That's, so, and that's, you know. You know who he's built just like? Did you watch, um, did you remember Troy? The movie Troy. I didn't watch it, but I know. To me, he's built just like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt plays Achilles and Troy. And, and Troy. Mm-hmm. He's built just like Brad Pitt and Troy. And he was shredded. Don't get me wrong. He was probably the physically the best you ever see Brad Pitt in a movie, but but still not. Which was Achilles supposed to be big? I mean, no. That's all like Greek mythology, right? Yeah. So like, you know, that prototypical. Yeah. Like we were talking about. Right, that Greek god physique. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, he, he looks like that, but Chris Hemsworth reminds me, those roles kind of look the same to me. And that's just a, I don't know, just a little, a little disappointing. <laughs> I'd be interested to hear, like, listeners' opinions on this. Like, what what is their opinion on? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't have a lot of people tell me I'm crazy. Right. Um, but at the same time... Let's take someone like Chris Hemsworth and put him against Chris Bumstead. Who looks more? Who looks more like Thor? I mean, Chris Bumstead might not be. He has more of the physique of Thor, right? He might not have the hair and like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But let's say we put a blonde wig on him and you know Uh, give him a beard. Just to say, acting chops aside, yeah, who do you choose for these roles? Would it still be Chris Hemsworth? Right. If you're involved in fitness, my guess would be your answer is no. I mean. Truthfully, I mean, right? Like if you're if you got to trade the actor for a fitness influencer or fitness persona of some type, who would you trade it for? I would like to know. I mean, kind of, I'm kind of curious about that. Like, you know, plug and play. I mean, I can't even immediately sit in, sit here and think of anybody that looks enough like Thor to put him in that role. But um, I would, I would say it'd probably be a strong man. Yeah, I mean, if you're probably one, honestly, probably one of the Stoltman brothers. If you're looking at like, are you talking like uh, Greek mythology Thor, or are you uh, talking Norse mythology? Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Norse mythology Thor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably pick one of like Stoltman brothers or somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, that's like, the body type that that I think of when I when I hear somebody think about Thor in a traditional sense. I'm probably going more like strongman body. Type. Oh yeah, like Eddie Hall, Absolutely. like any, anybody, yeah. anybody in the strongman leagues, like that are just big dudes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got. 
I mean, I don't, I, don't, I feel like Batman in general has been ca- casted better than most roles have been physically. Yeah. Um, I guess, and that may be just because of the character, because it, it may be. that's what but, he's got, right? Yeah. That's like, what, like physically said, his physical imposing. ability, his physical ability and his brains and his money is the only three things he has, right? Yeah. So, like, he has to be better, you know, somehow. But, like, you know, you remember Christopher Reeves as Superman? He was skinny. Yeah, absolutely. Small. I mean, like he wasn't super looking. No, he, he wasn't was goofy at all. looking. I mean, for being like a move, like it was you know the eighties, whatever. Yeah. Visually God aside, rest his soul yeah, he was he was a good man. Um, but you know he looked goofy, right? The suit looked was, goofy. I wonder if he started the trend of what we're talking about. Of what superheroes not looking super? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Uh, you look at Superman, Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, there were a, a lot of like really cheesy old Marvel movies before. Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, right? It was physically the best Punisher, <laughs> <laughs> but not in terms of action chops. But, but, but it is what it is. But, you know, uh, I guess Tobey Maguire Spider Man. You kind of like uh, was, that body top was rot. I feel like it was. You know it mean? was pretty close. So it's like, uh, but he was still skinny, right? He was so a little. Tall. I feel like he was probably a little tall. Maybe, yeah. But uh, and then X Men. You know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. He was getting in shape for the role, but he wasn't. Hugh Jackman isn't a bad cast because of because it's Hugh Jackman in my mind. No, I mean, but he, he was physically a bad match for the role. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he did not look like Wolverine. Danny DeVito looks closer to, the, to Wolverine from the comics than, <laughs> than he just, no, He's not near as thin. No, 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 no. That's a joke. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a joke. But, uh, so but like, he was, too, but he, was, he was too tall. He was, yeah. you know, he wasn't short and stocky. Like, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But I feel like they probably got Batman more right than any, any superhero. Trying to think, I, I mean, other paired than, with their story, whatever story they're telling, whatever it is. Other than story. maybe Henry Cavill as Superman, because he is a big guy. He had some right. triceps, for sure. Oh, maybe you don't. You don't think he was a big guy? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was saying he definitely. I think he looked the part. I'm agreeing. Okay, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I was about to say, if you're only I, noticing his triceps, that's kind of sad because he had a like broad chest, big shoulders. Like, yeah, but that's. Uh, I mean, I guess that is. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, there's been a handful that got rot. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think so. I think, um, um, what's the kid's name that plays Spider-Man now? Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. That was a good cast. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really. Spot that on. Was, that he, was good. Yeah. He was, he was um, just annoying enough. <laughs> yeah, he, absolutely. Like, he wasn't overbearing, yeah. but he was definitely this punk kid that got superpowers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was, he was just a nerd. Yeah. Like everybody knew in high school. Mm-hmm. Like he was. They did a really good job with him. Um, I'm trying to think about others. I don't know that I can really credit too many other, like, as, like, in terms of looks, like, super, super good castings. Tom Tom Hardy as, as Bane probably is pretty good. I don't I know. I feel like in the context of a different movie, like I said, if he, if he plays that role with Ben Affleck supporting, I'm not sure. I'm with you in that, I, even though I think Christian Bale's a much better actor than Ben Affleck. But... Um, I'm with you that that probably doesn't match at that point. Yeah, right? but like, given the stature of everybody else, I think it kind of makes. And sense. maybe maybe that's what people are looking at more as far as like visually. It's not necessarily to like as far as Marvel goes. It's not necessarily to represent what it's supposed to look like in from the comics, but everything around it. 
Yeah, so like, I understand that. It's contextual. You look, you look at Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans compared to Robert Downey Jr. They look Michael Keaton's Bat- Batman is super campy because it's Tim Burton that's super campy. Mm-hmm. You get the the traditional like yellow logo on his chest mm-hmm. and like you know stuff like that. Like it is what it is. I get it. You know, I, I do. But uh, you know, everybody has these visions about it too. I, I do have to touch on this, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist at all. Do you feel like? It's the demasculization of culture in a way that has led to some of this. Like our idea of super has been diminished a little bit. I can I can see what you're saying. Um, definitely. Like, but just because there is a lot <clears throat> more, like, oh, you know, there's this whole toxic masculinity thing, and like people are like always trying to say, you know, like men shouldn't be men, basically. You know. Yeah, not in the traditional sense, anyway. Right. So, I get what you're saying. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that it's just. This, don't get me wrong. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I don't think it's just this full on attack on Meldum right. or anything. Um, I just wonder if softer generations has caused things to trend that way. I get. I, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, I. I wouldn't say I, I agree or disagree. Um, it's just speculation. I'm not sure yeah. that I agree or disagree. Yeah. But, um, there's ultimately going to be some super red pillar out there that's just like they're taking away our manhood yeah uh, you know I, mean? I don't think that's that's necessarily the case but, but like, just I, because of I, the world around us do you, do you think our image of man has gotten a little less softer. masculine yeah. soft yeah, yeah. maybe so you know because think well i say that but you know sculpt like going back to greek god physique you know when they sculpted images of what they thought a god was they weren't necessarily jacked well they didn't have steroids either <laughs> true, true. They, they were just kind of like no, these were, shredded guys yeah, you know super that, low body fat had some muscle on them you know stuff like that so I, maybe not necessarily that it is got maybe it's just different because you know like the 80s the 90s it was the jack dudes before that, it, it wasn't the Jack dudes, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you think about all those Clint Eastwood movies. Nobody yeah. thinks about Clint, e- Clint Eastwood's a badass. Mm-hmm. Nobody looks back at Clint Eastwood, but man, he was swole on that. Right? Movie. You know what I mean? Like nobody, <laughs> and nobody thinks about Steve McQueen that way either. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, or Jackie Chan. Yeah. Even. You know, we're talking about how great he was because he did his own stunts and stuff and watched a lot of cheesy Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> but, I mean, the dude was talented. Yeah. Um, you know, they were definitely, Steve McQueen was a man. <laughs> Clint Eastwood definitely I think everybody would agree right that, you know that do do whatever he wants to right but like I mean I guess you did have a you know 80s action stars like I don't ever remember Harrison Ford being physically imposing no but you know he has a childhood hero in Indiana Jones and Han Solo for mm-hmm. me you know what I mean he's a different also... guy but it was also but talking about somebody that had a toxically masculine a- attitude in every movie he played in, Harrison Ford is the same person in Indiana Jones as he was <laughs> in Star Wars, basically. Yeah. You know, it's the same, nearly the same character. Yeah. Um, in terms of attitude and stuff. Um, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have to wonder about that kind of thing, uh, especially being in a public eye. And it's, this world of social media has made everything so small, small mm-hmm. that it's, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's an inclusion thing. I don't think it's anything like that. I just I just have to wonder if maybe our idea of things have just changed as a society. And I, I, I could see you know, that, honestly, uh, you know, because 
we're just living in a different age, right? We are, yeah. And I get, I guess, what maybe you know, one one thing is it's exacerbated more than it's ever been is you go to the gym five days a week, you're a meathead, like you're mm-hmm. just. You're dumb. You're a dumb jock, right? Yep. You're, I, I wasn't that person in high school. I never touched, you know, the exception of a very small stint in high school. I didn't I didn't lift weights and stuff like that. I never would have, I probably even would have criticized people like that at one point in my life, right? Like, mm-hmm. some of the smartest people I know are in the gym all the time, mm-hmm. willing to take care of themselves, willing to better themselves, stuff like that. So, like, I do think that there's a growing, as I feel it, sense of, you're just a dumbass because you're in the gym all the time. You have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. You got that a lot. Like, well, I, I can't do that because I can do what you did, but I don't have time for this, that, and the other. I'm just, I own two small businesses, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. If I can find time, anybody can fault. I'll find time, right? Like, just is what it is. It ain't yeah. about time. It's just about something I choose to do. And I don't think it makes me inherently a dumbass because I spend my off time doing physical activity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I do feel like that's... I feel like I feel that as I get older more and more. Like, Well, you think about um, people, people's biggest things, like when it comes to their ideas of success, really just money, right? Yeah. They only, they really only measure it in money. So, and they really don't do a good job measuring it in money. Right. Like, because it's like, there's these people who are like, I, I don't have time to do gym cause I'm working three jobs, 60, 70 hours a week or whatever. And like, it's like, sure. You're, you're doing that, but you're kind of just, digging yourself a hole because unless you are progressing in whatever job you're doing or making a career out of it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't that. know how many times I've, you know, started when I was playing music, get a real job, right? Yep. Now I'm a small business owner. Everybody's like, well, maybe it's time to go get a real job. Mm-hmm. Like I make as much money or more doing my not real job as I ever did doing a real job. Yep. Like maybe you should believe in yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. and maybe just go do it. Cause let me, I know I'm a painfully average powerlifter, but like compared to an average gym goer, uh, you've had people, you've witnessed this, people do this to me, people do it to you, people do it to Austin. Any number of our group of powerlifters, any number of powerlifters across this planet, you're always going to have somebody be like, man, how'd you get so strong? Mm -hmm. This, that, and the other. And then when you tell them that it's just work and consistency, they're like, but what supplements do you take? What do you do? (laughs) It's always always a quick answer, right? Like, um, if it's not the quick answer that they're looking for, it's always like, well, I could do that if. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel bad. And like I said, in retrospect, I think what I've learned even through this conversation I've taught myself is I've set unrealistic expectations of these actors probably to some extent. Yeah. Um, and then maybe I haven't because they are one in a million people too, right? Like that's you true. should be able to, you know, I don't know if it's fair or not, but like, um, I guess I would like to think that if I had that much money, time and resources to prepare for something that I'd be able to go balls deep and really prepare for something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I guess one thing hard about their job is you, like I said, you might do the Christian bell thing, get hired for one role where you have to be a physical specimen. And then the next one where you have to be frail, frail. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Brendan Fraser. Have you, I mean, have you seen, you know, the yeah. well, right? Yeah. That's a guy that was always in shape as a Hollywood actor mm-hmm. and, you know, gained a ton of weight to play a fat man, mm-hmm. like to his own detriment. There's a lot of respect in that dude. Cause he definitely did that to his own detriment. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, to play a role, but, uh, you know, you have these extremes. So maybe it is unrealistic for you to expect somebody to go from one extreme to the other. 
Um, because a lot of these actors aren't just action stars anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Schwarzenegger, you knew. If you were going to see Schwarzenegger, you were going to see an action movie. An action movie. Even if it was Kindergarten Cop. Right. You were, you were, you were seeing an action movie right at the end of the day. Um, so maybe it's just, you know, like you said, Chris Hemsworth may not always want to be Thor. He don't want to be yeah. Thor every day when he wakes up. Where Schwarzenegger was always a T-100 when he woke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was all, you know, he was always, he always looked that way. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, good respect to them for caring that much about their craft to be able to make those extreme changes. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think it may just, biggest lesson is maybe we just do set unrealistic expectations about people. It goes back to the sport thing too. To think these guys aren't going to do PEDs and stuff like that to maintain their job. I think to say that they're, they shouldn't do that or can't do that or make rules about them or say that they're ethically or morally bad because they did that, that or the other, I think that you're also setting an unrealistic expectation for that person. Mm-hmm. Because I think gun to the head, it's a million dollar contract, you're, you're going home. I think a lot of us would probably say, I can handle a, I can handle a pin a week of testosterone mm-hmm. to, to keep my million dollar year job. Yeah. I mean, you think, you know, think, <laughs> think about this. You got your $50,000 a year job and you got to take a pen every week to keep that. Would you, or would you get fired? Yeah. Are you, are you your real job? Yeah. Your real job. You have, they said, Hey, you know, you're not making a ton of money, but it's what you're relying on. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you going to take that pen or are you going to get fired and have to go find something? That's an interesting conversation. Like, uh, Think about physical jobs in our day and age. Probably, obviously, you're going to think about general laborers, contractors, stuff like that. Probably comes to mind first. But what about police officers and firefighters? Yeah. And I've been outspoken about my my opinion of, of police work. But I think good one, the good ones are really good mm-hmm. um, and deserve to be paid well. And I think yeah. they deserve to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think their standards should be higher so that they can achieve a healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But you, you know, if maybe those physical expectations were higher, I mean, and it allowed them to perform their job better. Would you be upset about a police officer or firefighter using PEDs? If they meant they're better at saving somebody's life or better at fighting a bad guy or can extend their career a little bit longer because mm-hmm. maybe they're physically warned and need help. Like, yeah, like you know, you apply it to everyday life. Like that's all of a sudden not not so it's such an unrealistic expectation anymore. Yeah. Um, soldiers in the army, I know it's frowned upon in the military and stuff. But like, listen, like if these I'm guys going are, out there these to guys die, are gonna, yeah, don't don't you want to be physically prepared to the best of your ability? I'm not so sure that. And there's some people that just love being in the military if it allows them to extend their career. Are you really going to make a big deal about, you know, it's, it's all, for some reason, we always set these higher standards for people that are in the spotlight, mm-hmm. athletes and stuff like that, but nobody actually looks and says, what would I do if I were hired for this movie role, or what would I do if my job depended on me being at my physical best all mm-hmm. the time? Because listen, 99 out of 100 jobs do not require you be physically gifted. Yeah. Mine does because I'm a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Like I have an, especially as a powerlifting coach, my clients have an expectation for me to be able to get under a bar and impose my will on it. Mm-hmm. So, but for the most part, most of our jobs don't require that. But if it did, 
would you be willing to do these things? We, you know, yeah. Would you be willing to do these things to preserve your career? And a lot that's what a lot of these guys are doing. That's all there is to it. You know what I mean? So I think I think there's just too much demonization of it, and I think just these drugs were made for medical use. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and some and, were veterinarian reason that you yeah. really shouldn't be putting a human being. Right. But but like testosterone, right? Yeah. That was that was made to that's, help. that is a that serves a medical need. Yeah. And growth hormone. Probably the only two, but they serve medical needs for people. Right. So why <clears throat> are we demonizing it in the first place? And when like I said, most of these people that are criticizing uh a ball player or an actor for using something like that especially if they're men, probably could use it themselves. Yeah. They could probably use blood work and, and mm -hmm. their doctors say, hey, man, you need you need TRT. Your life's going to be better with it. People forget that there's a real medical need, both for mental health and physical health, for these drugs, and they existed before somebody abused them mm -hmm. for those reasons in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I mean, I think it's a slippery slope. I think we need to be careful of the expectations we set of people especially if they're not expectations that we wouldn't set for ourselves. And uh, I think we need to be careful demonizing people that really that work out in general, but especially that use PDs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, Cause you just don't know what circumstance somebody's in. Yeah. And you really can't say with any degree of honesty that you wouldn't do the exact same thing if you were in their circumstance. Right. Begs the question is if, is, is there a reason for it to be legal at all? Like when you really get on, you know, our side of it, and understand it and, and have an understanding that people are going to do what they want to do. Because it being illegal has not stopped millions of men. Mm -mm. It's not slowed us down one bit. No. But legality matters very, very little. When you think about, you know, they make marijuana illegal. You know, it's more legal. It's legal in some states now. More states than not, I think, at this point. Probably. Um, but, you know, slowly they've repealed it because they're like... What's it really doing? You know, it's right. making well, people you, get in the a lot munchies. of these places. They've just only yeah. thing it's done is create jobs, right? Whether it be a bigger police force or people that are farming it, people are mm -hmm. you know um, processing it for edibles and everything else. I mean, there's a whole industry that you've introduced. It's great for the economy. It's yeah. good. And what, what what those things are actually good for? The only thing being something being illegal does is calls for us to have a lack of knowledge of it in the public. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things about steroids that is just speculation because it's just been Jim Bros talking about it for 50, 60, 70 mm -hmm. years, how long are that, however long they've been around and open and regular. Mm -hmm. um, it's a shame because we don't get to hear real medical controlled things about these drugs. We only hear ever hear, well, it's, but the only opinion you really ever hear is, well, it's illegal in baseball, so it's bad. You're cheating if yep. you do it. That's really the only narrative you get. You don't really get any, because it's illegal, you don't get any, a ton of research about it. There's some. You don't get a, just a ton of people telling you it's good for this or good for that. It's bad for that. It's mm -hmm. bad for this. There's just a ton. There's a wealth of misinformation about it, and we can't even get better because some, some, so much of it of what we do is hearsay. Mm -hmm. If it's legal, then all of a sudden we have peer-reviewed studies to say, hey, this may be good for you in this circumstance. If this dose is proven to be better than at this dose. And, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, it's safer. Yep. 
Because it's being talked about and it's not demonized anymore. And if it's legal, it's also being reviewed by your doctor. Yeah, right? absolutely. And okay. you're not having to worry about getting your gear from an underground lab. Yeah, which could have God knows what in it. It could be regulated by the FDA. You could go to Walmart and buy it off the shelf, but know you're buying something safe because, mm-hmm. you know, it has gone through a process to be mm-hmm. deemed safe, just like our food has. Yep. Uh, you just, I don't know, it just makes a big deal. Uh and I'm not saying all, that's not saying, me saying that all drugs should be legal. Um, yeah. But what it does do is stifle the conversation. I've used this example before. Um, in areas where sexual education is encouraged and popular, there's typically less teen pregnancies and stuff like that than in areas where there's very little sexual education. Well, the, the more you know, the more you can have your own opinion about it develop your own safe opinion about it. The more it's talked about, the more you know, mm-hmm. the less mystifying something is, all of a sudden, by, by default, it becomes safer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't, so I just don't understand where we got to on that drug in particular. It'll be a long time before steroids are legal. Oh, yeah. Um, just because, because it's so demonized. It's demonized, man, like, if you tell somebody on your own steroids, you might as well tell them you're on crystal meth. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's the, the way reality. they look at it. That's the way they, they, <laughs> boy, that is vastly different things, man. Yeah. I am not a drug addict. You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, not like. You're not um, scratching for your next. Hell, I said at the know. beginning of this podcast, I can't wait to put it down next year. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not fun putting a fucking inch and a half needle in your thigh every day. Mm-hmm. Twice a week, but right. you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, not fun it's to not do any times. I'm not getting a fix from it. Right. Like it's, it's not, not like. <laughs> Um, you know, it benefits me because it does help my mental health, but it's not like it's just like, oh, we're gonna go to this party and we're all gonna we're all gonna shoot trend. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not like a dopamine. Yeah, it's rush. Not like, yeah absolutely. Right. There's no like addictive qualities about it. You know, unless I mean? you like, just like pain, I guess, and you like sticking needles. Yeah, you. <laughs> you know, I guess the gym gains can be like mentally addictive, probably. Yeah. Um, but hell, this year, this past year, I spent as much time off as I did on. Mm-hmm. More time off than I ever had and made the best gains of my life. It was consistency and hard work. Yep. With or without steroids, consistency and hard work will always be better than no work and bad, bad consistency. Mm-hmm. Always. Well, and, I mean, and we've, I, I don't know if we've said this on the podcast before, but, you know, for you to get any benefit out of steroids, you have to work out. So it's not like you can just sit there and shoot test or shoot trend. It could, it, could help you reta- it could help you retain muscle that you already have, but you're not going to get better. Right. You're just going to, um, just going to gain weight. Yeah, that's it. And so, I mean, you know, there's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's definitely unfairly demonized uh, to a big extent. And the fact that I, I feel like we, we would get put in the same category as somebody that are knowingly killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Especially the safe doses. There are people that definitely abuse it. Don't oh, yeah. Um, and then we'll see an early grade because they abuse it. But by and large, it's been one of the best things for me mentally and physically that I've I've ever done. Yeah. It is what it is. I um, think it's a shame that there's not a more open dialogue about it, especially in our medical community. Mm-hmm. Because my, you know, when I went and talked to my doctor about being on TRT, he was incredibly supportive of it. And everything like that, but I almost want to be like, why? Why am I just not? Why did I have to ask you about this? Right. We knew all these problems. Like, why? Why wasn't this the first thing we did to? Instead of doing, you know, ten different SSRIs to treat my mental health, um, and tell me this diet or that diet to help control my weight or to, you know, do this or whatever. 
Um, why wasn't this an option? Right. Why wasn't this an option from, from the get-go? Especially knowing that I needed it. You've had mm-hmm. my blood work forever. We've looked at this number before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why wasn't this? So it's almost like, it's almost frustrating to that degree. It's good that I have a doctor that was willing to, mm-hmm. but it's almost frustrating to agree because it's just like, hush, hush until you have to mention it. Right. Like, why wasn't this, why isn't this the first thing you cross off the list for a man in his 30s? You know, he's got low testosterone. You know, he has severe mental illnesses. Like, why isn't this? Why isn't this your go-to? Yeah. And it, sh- it really should have been. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you <clears> look <throat> at, like, symptomatically and then <clears throat> the blood work specifically, it's like, well, his testosterone is low, so he should be on TRT. Why? I don't know why you wouldn't just see that number. Like, it's low. You need to be on TRT. Yeah, and then absolutely. go from there. So the medical community, my point is the medical community knows it's good for you and they still don't. They don't push it. Yeah. Because it's bad. Until it ain't, right? right. No, I mean, <laughs> like, in, in, the, in the eye of the public, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Like TRT is for 50-year-old men to feel a little better. The amount, right? of, people, the amount of people, especially we were in a very conservative state, right? But the amount of people that would just quit watching baseball they found out Aaron Judge was on steroids. Does baseball bring you joy? Right. The answer is yes. Why would you quit? Does watching the New York Yankees bring you joy? The answer is yes. Do you like to see him at bat? Great. It's a personal decision he made. Move right. on. Yeah. You ain't gotta you ain't gotta go buy uh, burn your burn your Aaron Judge jersey <laughs> and quit watching this and that and everything else. Like the guy, you know, while he is putting a needle in him, he's not he's not shooting up heroin. Right. You know, you know what I mean? He's not like you know, he's not a meth addict, you know what I mean? Like, like going out there with like, sunken eyes scratching the whole time, yeah, like not, shaking. That's not that's not what's happening, you know huh. what I mean? Like it's just so it's just so funny to me. And then again, we made this point already, to see those people that are on five, six meds a day with much worse side effects say steroids are bad. That's cheating. Hmm. Well, your heart's not supposed to have beta blockers in it to keep it beating either. Right. But you're taking them every day. Like, you're not supposed to have to have that to regulate your blood pressure, but you're a fat fuck and you have to have it anyway. Like, like let's really assess the whole situation here. Right? And people just don't do that. It's short-sighted and it's, mm-hmm. it's ignorant in, in my opinion. Yeah. But again, the system's rigged against them because you've been told it's bad. You've never heard about it in a medical context. Mm-hmm. You've only ever heard about it. You cheated in baseball or you cheated in biking and Lance Armstrong's case, or or what have you, you know what I mean? Like, Or you used it to get giant in bodybuilding, and I don't think that's fair because I didn't do it. Because I could I could have been a bodybuilder if I did that. Yeah. You don't have the discipline to diet. You don't have diet. the discipline to do it. You ain't, got the, you ain't gonna do the diet. You're not gonna, you're not gonna spend countless hours and countless dollars and everything else getting better, like. Yep. Don't play that game. We can play that game too. <laughs> 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 it just is what it is. It's sad, but that's probably about it on, yeah. for me on this. I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. Good. I feel guilty about this whole conversation now. Kinda, <laughs> it's amazing when you talk. That's the important thing about talking about things, though, because as we've talked, I've realized that I have, even though I may have a point, mm-hmm. I've realized that I have an unrealistic expectation of somebody at the end of the day that is. Just a person, too. Right. And it's expectations that I wouldn't necessarily have of myself, and that's incredibly unfair. Or, I mean, to look at it from a personal uh, perspective, 
expectations from your clients. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way I could, you know, you do have outliers that do, but Mm -hmm. if they come to me with some extreme goal and they say, I need to be here in six months, it's my job as a trainer to try to get them there, but it's also my job as a trainer to be like, your six month goal is a two year goal. Yeah. Uh, Think about how, how far you've come. Uh, I don't think that you ever had really unrealistic unrealistic expectations, but um, you know you've been training hard for what three or four years, like training like a powerlifter for three or four years now. Uh, end of twenty nineteen, so it'd be maybe wasn't that three. realistic, but I'm sure that you came to me and said said I want this total before, and at least we discussed that we might not get quite we might yeah. not quite get there. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? I know, I, you know, but it's it's my job to say like, hey, this is. So, like, you know, a normal person, I definitely have different expectations of than Chris Hemsworth, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's unfair to somebody like that. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, but, again, uh, and I do feel guilty about having those unrealistic expectations. My client typically doesn't have millions of dollars to hire a personal chef, to hire a trainer, mm-hmm. to take off work to train for a role, stuff like that. That does, I mean, let's face it, those things do expedite the process. Right. Um, especially in terms of diet, you tell, uh, you know, a single mom of two that she has to hit these goals in six months with her 70 hour work week and, you know, her three days a week in the gym. It's not, it's unrealistic. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So, I mean, you know, there is a difference between the two, but I do feel now after us talking through it that I have unrealistic expectations of portrayals in Hollywood. Do you think you're going to ease up a little bit on Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, I'm not going to ease up on Chris Evans, though. Okay. At least we got one of the Chris's. We got one of the Chris's. Chris Evans, but again, I, I think his physique was more fitting for the role, so Chris Evans was. Yeah. But I just don't like his Captain America. I thought he was a wonderful Captain America. But, uh, the, God, the God line in the first or second movie. <laughs> it was the first Avengers <laughs> movie, yeah. I only believe in one God, fam. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> Boy, that just a real knee slapper, let me tell you. <laughs> Man, all I got to say is, if you were from the, was it the 20s? Is that World War One? World War II, right? Was, when, when was it World War Two? Yeah. Yeah, because of uh, that was, Hydra and everything, so it would have been Nazi era. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, what year was that? From, I forget. Uh, we didn't enter until 41, but from 39 until 45. So the 40s? Yeah. So you got a guy from the forties. He's gonna say yeah, some cheesy stuff. He's gonna say some cheesy stuff like that. And you there, know, he to be would, honest with you, there's a lot of dialogue in those movies that are uncomfortable and unnatural to me and super cheesy. And, and that's one of my, all the movies, yeah, or just in that general one? in the MCU. Yeah. There's some like difficult and some the worst ones in my mind come from him or Thor. Some of the worst out. There's some we, bad dialogue in those Thor movies, man. The first one was fine. The second one was bad. Yeah. Ragnarok was good. And even though people hated on Love and Thunder, I enjoyed it. So um. don't set unrealistic expectations for people. Especially <laughs> don't don't set a run uh, don't set expectations for people that you wouldn't set for yourself. Yeah. That's uh and like I said, a lot of these things, that's the intelligent thing about a conversa- a conversation. Because I have completely shifted and talking through it and being I'm an empathetic person. Um and I've completely shifted my point of view on this because they're just simply not expectations I would set for myself. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe I should elevate my expectations for myself. There's a case made for that too, but maybe, but, but like, but do you have, like you said, do you have, do I have the resources? So, you know, probably not. You know, they are an advantage because they have resources, but um, they're also at a disadvantage because they might have to change roles twice a year. You know what I mean? You know, aggressively. Yeah, yeah, aggressively. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, but. Uh, I think, I've, in my opinion, when it comes to that sort of stuff, if they get, if they put in the work and they get, you know, close. I feel like that means a lot more than someone who was just already looking like that and they didn't do anything. Get there. Robert Pattinson's like Batman. Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> he actively spoke out him. against working out and getting in shape for the role. And that absolutely bothered me. And when you see him, like the one scene that he's shirtless, it's very cringy. Because he is so small, and they do this scene where they try to make his back look big, and he just looks like a skinny fuck. And <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're not it, Batman. Look, it's, it's, and it's the role. It's not the It's not because we don't want rep skinny people represented in these no. movies. Like I said, Peter Parker's Tom Holland's Peter Par Parker is perfect. There's a it's the it's the person that they're playing mm -hmm. that we have an issue with versus yeah. the actor playing them. Yeah. Like. Those people should be represented. And let, and if I'm being honest, if Robert Pattinson, even if he wasn't jacked, if he had put in some effort to get physically... It um, would have been more believable. Well, it, it just would have elevated his role. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you, you, you have to, to some extent, look apart, right? People, um, I forget what they call it, but it's when they, they write a, a character with a person in mind. Yeah. Typecast. Is that yeah. what it is? You know, so they have in mind this look. So you yeah, have absolutely. to, you have to meet it to some respect, extent. Respect the, it's part of respecting the story too. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, I just, I kind of crapped on John Bernthal's physique and, and the Punisher, but there, every bit of that fit, every bit of everything he did fit the role mm -hmm. that he was playing. So even though he was smaller, yeah, he, didn't, did, he didn't he, look as muscular as Thomas Jane did. It was all believable because, like, he looked like a military man. Yeah, that's the only thing he was supposed to be. Yeah, was a marine, and I mean that's a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing. But mm -hmm. like, he's also not super, right? Like, right. so like he, you know, that that role makes sense. Like, but some respect for the role would be would would probably be, and obviously Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth versus Robert Pattinson. Obviously, they have tremendous respect for the role yeah. that they're playing, like, because they're physically much, much more gifted than. Yeah. Than that, so I don't know. Slippery slope, though. And you are—I feel like we have gotten to an ethical part that's almost a little bit uncomfortable because, like I said, of these expectations we set of pe people that are at the end of the day, even though they make millions, are just people. Well, I <clears> guess, <throat> and and for me, I—you know—you said don't set expectations for someone else that you wouldn't set for yourself. You know, you did actually set that expectation for yourself, though. Yeah, like, like I want to look a certain way. I'm willing to go to these extents to look this way and be this, you know, strong and stuff. So I don't. It's more of a right to. Uh, it's more of a right to the opinion, right? That's the ethical issue. Like, if you're not willing to do those things, you really have no right to set that expectation. Right. That's really that, that really what is what it comes really what it comes down to. And maybe in that sense, I do, because like I'm, I'm working on myself right mm -hmm. all the time. We talk about how I'm trying to improve myself, talk about it too much, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
But it goes back to the armchair quarterback thing. Like, don't yell and scream at the TV because you think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a dumbass because he didn't complete a pass Mm -hmm. when you wouldn't have ever said that. You would have got sacked as soon as yeah, you walked you, back. Yeah, you don't have that, ex- you, that. That work ethic's not an expectation that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have not set that expectation to be that good at something in your life um, similar to him. So, like, you really have no – if Peyton Manning is on a broadcast and says he's a dumbass for doing this, probably going to believe what Peyton Manning says mm-hmm. about it. I'm probably not going to believe the guy next to me sitting, sitting in his recliner with a bag of Cheetos mm-hmm. on his belly – Talking about how dumb he is. Like, that guy has no... It is, it is uh, like... In conversations like this, there are qualifying things that allow you to have an opinion about it. Yeah. If Peyton Manning says that was a dumb play at quarterback, well, he's the greatest to ever do it. So, right. he has a right to say, this was dumb. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing with this expectation setting. Like, we're going through these physical transformations, and you started out with the goal of, I want to look like Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, you, if you have that expectation for yourself, you have a right to say Robert Pattinson should have wanted to look like Batman <laughs> to play that role. Like, it is kind of qualifying, but, like, no. you know, at the same time, if you're not willing to do it, you probably shouldn't have said that. You should never accept an expectation for your, someone else that you wouldn't want to meet yourself. Right. And I guess <clears throat> when it comes to Robert Pattinson's Batman, just going back to that, I wouldn't be mad even if he was... Not as big as Ben Affleck or not as big as Christian Bale. But if he put in the effort, I wouldn't be so upset about it. So that's that's my thing. And I, I'm not saying he should have pinned a gram a day and <laughs> like gotten absolutely juiced out of his mind for the role. He could have not touched it. And I would have yeah. been perfectly fine with that. As long as he put in some effort to, put, to, to yeah, look a little more like the role. But he actively was against it. He was like, I don't believe in working out for the roles, and I don't think you should have to do this and that and the other. And I'm like, I I just disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, like, I, I think there is a medium there's, here. There is. Where I don't think you have to be. There's not being super enough for people like me. Right. But there's also. Um, respecting respect the, for role the role enough yeah. to get to a certain point, you know, there's only so much you can do in six months. Yeah, right? absolutely. But if, so, you, if you have respect for your craft, filling the needs of that character is part of your craft. Yeah. So you should spend that six months preparing for your role instead of just being like, yeah, yeah I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and I'm going to listen to Nirvana so, a couple times. Sometime, sometime long ago in comic book history, somebody else has already set that, set that expectation. Yeah. You know what this character is, what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, probably time to elevate. I don't know. Um, slippery slope we got into. I feel like a little yeah. bit. I feel like there's definitely a lot of ethical, moral, and ethical boundaries that that I really didn't think there would be. Right. Just well, I mean, really, it boils down to like when it comes to the, getting these roles, it's like. A lot of people do have to get in shape and they have to go a certain route to get it. And it's like, are we going to judge them for taking these steps to get there as fast as they can? Uh, for me, no. For me, no, too. Yeah, like, I, no. I'm not going to judge somebody. Like, that, like, that comes actors and actresses, athletes, anybody like, uh, especially if they're, if they're already doing the work, man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if they're, if they're willing to do the work, if they're willing to put their nuts on the line, 
to get better, then it's not something that should be demonized yeah. at all. I agree. That, that goes beyond the PED talk. That, mm-hmm. That's time in the gym, your food. How many times have you been called crazy because of the way you eat? No. That's so That's so. You common. eat the same thing every day? Yes, I do. Yeah, was, like, you don't want to change it up at all? Not really. Sometimes I'll change the sauce. It's tried and true, man. It works. Yeah. Like, people think you're nuts because you work five days a week in the gym for a certain goal or hell sometimes for us six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's as few as three, depending on what the, you know, what it is. But, um, being knowledgeable enough to quit and rest is part of the process too. And being, you know, uh, the time that we've dedicated to and money and resources mm-hmm. we've dedicated to making ourselves better. Um, and that's not just, in the gym, that's you know the the amount of money I spend medically to make sure mentally I'm healthy mm-hmm. and physically I'm healthy, and uh, the effort I put in compared to most of these people that are going to make these criticized statements mm-hmm. is like is unreal. Like the hours of time I spend listening to the Mark Bell podcast to learn more about fitness. Yeah, and- I mean any of these podcasts, like you know self help podcasts I listen to. I mentioned at the beginning is the Real mm-hmm. AF podcast, like. Um, you know, I'm doing everything I can to make myself a better person physically and mentally. And uh, people that are unwilling to do that will always dump on it. Mm-hmm. They're always going to have an excuse as to why you got there and not look at the actual work that it took. Yeah. And that's because uh, they don't want to they don't want to feel like they could have done it because then they wasted all this time not doing it to get there. Yeah. So they justify why you did it yep. or how you could have done it. And that's a shame. Or may, or say I could have done it if, but I didn't because if this is butts for candies and nuts, <laughs> we'd all have a merry Christmas, right? <laughs> it is what it is. What it is. <laughs> but I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think so too. We yeah. just uh, just got one last thing to do today. Bad jokes. Bad jokes. All right, we're gonna both look them up. <laughs> Let's look. I I've shared one on my Instagram. I don't know if it's still up there. I think the, the if and butts is was candy and nuts uh, should have qualified. To be honest with you, I mean, let's um, be honest. That's a pretty good one. Oh, I, I guess it's not on there anymore. So let's just Dad says jokes. We're going to Dad says jokes again. We're just going to plug that page. Oh, there time. it is. There it is. I didn't share it, but I told Desi it, and it's the first one. Yeah, go ahead. What's the difference between ignorance and apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty much me in a nutshell, so I'm not going to tell you that. 99.99% of people are idiots. I'm just happy to be be part of the 1%. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's funny because the math doesn't work out. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know, by the way. Like, if you thought you were part of the 1%, I got news for you. <laughs> a man was admitted to the hospital after swallowing six plastic horses. His condition was described as stable. (laughs) (laughs) Legendary. Uh, I asked my wife if I was the only one she'd been with. She said yes. All the others were nines and tens. That's savage. (laughs) I was so much Yep. Like, thanks, honey. I'm going to go eat a shotgun. See you. See you never. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I think we're that's it y'all this was a lot of mad rambling today but uh, i think we talked about good things i think so i think at the end of the day we we talked about some uncomfortable stuff but we got to a, a good end result 
had some uh some good knowledge and maybe some people got some uh a little a little more like enlightenment on all of the you know fitness and hollywood and steroids and when it comes to judging people for what they're choosing to do even though you would probably yeah, so you do just, the same just be you know? careful yeah absolutely because you you need to put your we need to as society in general and i'm bad about this about different things but we need to put ourselves in other people's shoes yeah more often we've definitely gotten away from that as a society we only care about ourselves and what what happens to us no 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 we don't even really care about ourselves that well we compare we care about what's convenient that's true and that's even sadder yeah well i guess we care about what you want at the immediate time right which is in in general buying into convenience over it's easier to make an excuse than it is to go to the gym yeah it's easier to go through a mcdonald's drive-thru than it is to go home and cook a healthy dinner yeah I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's easier, much, much easier to make excuses. And it's much easier to criticize somebody from the comfort of your recliner than it is. Go make changes happen for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful of the expectations you set for people because famous or not, because they are, they are at the end of the day, just people too. Yeah. We are all just human living in a world revolving around a star (laughs) (laughs) and we'll probably all die very soon more than likely (laughs) with any luck (laughs) with with any luck we'll just we'll all be dead and you know there will no longer be humans on this world and maybe life can actually flourish maybe so maybe we can stop killing earth (laughs) <laughs> that's uh that's it for our ramblings of madman today <laughs> that is it we will uh we don't really have any well i know we're still trying to get dave on here and yeah dave and steve sides yeah yeah give uh, you know a perspective of somebody that's doing what we're doing but you know 10 20 years down the road mm-hmm. uh what training looks like that kind of stuff um i don't know if they'll be on together they might be a two-parter um, mm-hmm. a dave episode and a steve episode and then i had an interesting idea we'll have to tag him to get him to listen to this but um uh, currently, one of my chiropractors, I mostly see uh, Nathan Lewis, but I see Austin Oliver quite a bit. Uh, he was a really good CrossFitter. He used to be, I think he used to be part of the ownership in CrossFit Coleman, which is now M3 Health and Performance. Um, really good dude. I spoke to him. I still need to get Steven on, uh, but we should have guests coming up next few yeah. episodes. So. And that'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Just been me and you. It's felt a little lonely. We got an empty chair right there. Well, it's not empty. We got... We got our drink glasses. Right? Drink glasses and phones. So, but we did the best we could. <laughs> we tried, guys. We tried. The, the most exciting thing that is coming up is another microphone. Yeah, we're getting another <laughs> mic. Hell yeah, we're upgrading, baby. <laughs> and then we'll. The other thing we'll be moving into a new room uh, in the near future. I don't know how soon, but we're gonna be moving into the room across the. Across the house, and I'm cool. gonna try and get some of that soundproofing up. So hopefully, we'll sound better. Hell yeah! Have a good night, y'all. <laughs>